I, Malik the Maleficent, have seen fit to sponsor this pitiful podcast myself. As you know, Malik the Maleficent, who is me, is the most powerful, excellent, and handsome wizard in all the land. He is guaranteed to be 100% better than that Victor von Wolfhausen smile, and not at all genocidal. Malak the Maleficent, for a better tomorrow. Briefly. All the tabletop role-playing news. We aim to amuse, we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, hello, and indeed... 50 more hellos because today is a special episode of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This is episode number 50. And to celebrate this very, very special episode, I have two very, very, very special guests. Um, the first of these guests you'll have met before. The first of these guests is Daryl, our uh, sound engineer and editor. Daryl, say hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Daryl. I'm the sound engineer. I write for Ian World, and I do my own stuff. Your own stuff. He's yep. he's being humble because his Dragonlance <laughs> video was, like, really, really good. <laughs> it was. Actually, I, I love those videos you do, Daryl. Thank you very much. I've uh, got another one that's going to be coming up. Uh, it's going to be the uh, full review of the Shadowrun 6th edition beginner box. That's mm. about four times longer than the review I did on Ian World. That was the, my text review. Because I'm a masochist and decided to make the video the long one for some reason. <laughs> is, nice. is, that, is that thing available yet? Can I pick that up yet? Uh, it's going to be available in about uh, sometime around Origin. So about two, three weeks, apparently. Right. There's no firm release date yet. And see, okay. Daryl does this funny thing where he actually prepares a script in advance and knows what he's going to talk about to make sure he covers <laughs> what he wants to talk about. And then he edits it incredibly professionally later and as opposed to me, where I just turn on the mic and start talking, and I have this sort of Ed Wood approach when I do a video, I'll just fix it in post. You know, no matter what the disaster is, I'll just edit it. And uh, you can really tell that that Daryl puts a lot of work and craft into that's, his that's, videos. That's a, that's a lot like me and Peter. He'll turn up and we'll sit down and then we'll go, uh, what should we talk about then? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> do we have a sketch? No. Right. I'll quickly write one. Okay. Well, so speaking of turning up, is Ed Helm over there on the couch? Is that his leg? Uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, Peter has uh, had a, a bit of an accident. Oh, no. He was engaged in an overly strenuous role-playing game session. Oh, no. And spoke so much that he's come down with laryngitis and uh, is, is now unable to talk. So he's sitting there. He's a uh, 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 blink once for yes and twice for no. There you go. One blink there. Hey, so he's with us. All right, so it was a... Uh is this to the level where the Southampton Guild of Role Players is going to have to have like bylaws, or did it get that out of hand? Were the police involved or anything? I I, uh, I I'm glad I wasn't there because <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure it's going to hit the newspapers this week. Put right. it that way. All right. Last question: Do we know what game he was playing? Uh, Peter, blink once for Monopoly, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and twice for Topless Volleyball. <laughs> Wow. Uh, wow. All I can think I of think. is Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. He oiled up and everything. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I, I'm hashtag Team Peter a lot, of t especially when he tells terrible puns 
So uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, talk, talking of, of, of uh, Peter, who is most definitely here. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. Uh, I have one other guest here whose voice you've already heard in this podcast and uh, who you may not have heard uh, in previous podcasts, but I've been on his show, I think, is it twice? I want to say twice? At least twice, and it's been a, it's been a real pleasure both times. And I would like to say that the... Uh, statistics on both of those shows were higher than average so fantastic yes. well my uh, second guest is of course uh mr shane stacks uh, all the way he's all the way here from america yes he rode up he rode over the atlantic yes me i just use skype yeah yeah i actually <laughs> I, just, I, I said to him when he got here look shane why yeah. didn't you just use skype but no he's He's, he's dedicated to his craft. What can I say? Yeah, but boy, I, I just got in and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I thought it was, you know, you, you looked at kind of like not only puzzled, but slightly uh, concerned when I showed up at your front door. But, you know, uh, the, the, the fifth of whiskey that I brought with me seems to have oiled, oiled uh, the social situation there. Uh, besides the salty smell of seawater kind of overrides <laughs> Django's chemical warfare. <laughs> Good old Django. I saw him cruise by a while ago. He's, he's down there right now. He's having a nap. He's a, his, his, his condition is a walking game mechanic, man. <laughs> oh, Django, they're talking about you. You don't care, do you? No, you don't care. <laughs> uh, right. Well, guys, why don't you tell me how your weeks have been? What have you been up to this week? Uh, I'll let Daryl go first since he's the vet. Like I was saying earlier, I've got my... Uh, Shadowrun beginner box full review uh and it's going into a lot of detail on what's what these sixth edition rules are different than uh fifth edition and previous editions and it's going into a lot more digging into that as well as extrapolating mm. from there what the full version of the rules is going to look like which i still haven't seen those yet and i'm just itching to get my hands on the core rules so i'm um i'm really hoping that they give me a review copy of that too because i I want my precious. So, so give me, give me your uh, sort of uh, ten-second takeaway, sort of overall impression. I really like the box set. Really like the new rules. I wish the adventure they included with the box set was better. Okay. So, uh, so which one's your which one? Is it second or third edition? Was your favorite one second? Uh, second was the first one I started playing on. Third edition is my favorite, or was okay. my is it still was, your favorite? I need to see the full r rules for sixth, but it's making a good case for replacing third as my favorite. Ooh, that is exciting. My only question is: is the amount of d not not how many d sixes, but how many buckets you roll? Did it go up or down <laughs> in order of magnitude? I need to see the full rules to tell you for sure because <laughs> yeah. I need to get my care op character optimization down because uh, I could get those dice pulls up into the 30s and 40s pretty easily in 5th edition uh, but so far it looks like they're coming in around uh, under 20 now all right, so oh, I've, 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 I've thought of an excellent solution for this bucket of D6s problem by the way hmm. instead of having extra D6s you just have bigger D6s oh that would and, work, wouldn't and it? The, and the site, like, oh no, this is this is actually. I'm having a brainstorm here. Okay, so check it out. And you know, game companies love to spell sell special dice, <clears throat> fantasy mm. flight games. And uh, so <laughs> you've got um, a regular D6 would be one D6, right? Mm -hmm. If it's twice as large, that is it's a, two D6. It's two, 
three times, like Risk, you know, the different characters rep or different represent amounts of soldiers. So, you know, that way, like up to a size that like this is this represents like six D6. And then, you know, there you go. Bob's your uncle, as they say. Do they even still think, say that anymore? Uh, I Occasionally. haven't heard anyone say that. But <laughs> <laughs> fact, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that out loud in my entire life until you just did. Ah, well, we I've all seen have... it written down. I've seen it written down before, but out loud, that might be my first time. We, we all have our headcanon of how other <laughs> cultures work. I actually lived in England uh, for about two years in the early 90s, and uh, I really oh, liked where? it a lot. Where did you live? I was uh, at RAF Chicksands, which was just a few miles outside of Bedford, in Bedfordshire, oh, yeah. or Bedfordshire, yeah, yeah. as I would say. And uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, there's, I'd, I'd love to get back and, and kind of get around and, and, and check things out again. Um, but, you know, I, it was cool for me being a, an American to go into the game stores and and see, you know, what was different there. And I got to say, just playing with uh, people in, in England when they have real British accents doing their characters, because we always fake them, this like fake mm -hmm. medieval whatever, that was, that was really pretty cool, you know. And they're just talking like normal, and I'm like, yes, they're really medieval. So there you go. <laughs> but isn't that then, isn't that a bit like if I came, if I came to play with you and I just put on this fake American accent? <laughs> I mean, yeah. wouldn't you be looking at me thinking, dude, what are you doing? Why, well, why, I, why, why are you doing that? Well, to my credit, I didn't try to... Uh, do a fake American accent. There was actually a couple of uh, British guys that were like world travelers that and that's something that a lot more people do in Europe than in America. They'll just go travel the world for a year or two. Uh, I noticed, but uh, a couple of guys came to Japan when I was there and they were British and they kind of, you know, got me used, you know, you, it sounds like you sound like a dork. If you suddenly start trying to talk British, although I did catch mm. myself saying stuff like, are we going to get off our faces or, or whatever? And I was like, you know, that probably sounds dumb coming from an American. So, yeah, I think, I think yeah. the thing that, uh, it's when Americans say wanker, it's just really <laughs> weird. Is it weird? Accent. It just, it just doesn't have the same, uh, it doesn't what? even sound like it means the same thing. So if I, say, if I was like you wanker, it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> Not a friend tell me off. Cause I, I said shite one time and I was apparently yeah, oh yeah. banned from ever saying that again. Yeah. Do you not, do you not say that? No, we no. don't. Uh, that's not an American thing. No. Oh, we don't. Okay. If you say shite in America, maybe there's localized regions in, in like new England or something, but you sound pretentious or you're mm -hmm. joking. If you say shite. Um, and, and I thought that, cause I remember having a, a long conversation with the owner of the game store in or the comic book store in Bedford, actually. And I was like, uh, I was talking about ass and arse and mm. uh, evidently they're the same thing uh, or, or nobody says arse. It's spelled arse, but they say ass. I can't, I can't remember, but we had quite a long conversation about that. I don't know. I say, I say ass. Yeah. But it's, but don't, isn't it sometimes spelled arse, like A-R-S-E? Oh, that, well, yeah, that's the spelling of the word. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. A-S-S is a donkey. Okay. Well, of course, here in America, we use A-S-S for both. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, I'll tell you the other thing that was, that was interesting. When, when I was in, uh, England, I was, I was basically college age, right? So I was hanging with a, a lot of college people and Bedford's a college town. And, you know, you'd crash, you'd wake up, and there's, like, 20 people packed into, a, you know, one house or whatever. Mm -hmm. And everyone would be like, you all right? You all right? And, and I'm like, 
I'm like, what? Why do people think something's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And finally, I'm like, yes, I'm fine. And it turned out they were just saying, hey, hello, no. or how's it going? The, or, the answer is all right. Yeah, yeah, all right. They're like, you all right? I'm like, yeah. And then like, you all right, Shane? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, do I have something on my floor? Because I didn't know what happened the night before. It was one of those nights. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then uh, you, you're right. It's one step up from a grunt of acknowledgement, basically. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nobody's asking you a question. <laughs> and I, and th this is the last input I'll have on this because I know this isn't a topic by any means. But I the use the correct use of cheers is much more nuanced than I would have thought. It's it's easy to misuse cheers, like use it. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a, yeah. I suppose that's yeah. a few different meanings. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, it, I'll use it for thank you. I'll use it with a glass. Um, right. You know, various different things. But is it is it sort of like because in you know you can say oh thanks or you can say thank you or you can say thank you very much like where does cheers land in that spectrum? Thanks, I guess. Thanks. Okay, so oh, so talk, Th thanks, kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Cheers. cheers, cheers, mate. Cheers. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably do some RPG news, shouldn't we? Yes, that would be fantastic. And you know, they're, they're just they're just happy. Well, actually, I don't know if I'm supposed to give what quote unquote caught my eye or what I've been doing the past oh, week. Oh, sorry, yeah, I don't we, have we, to. I mean, I just yeah, go I, on. Daryl could decide what to include and what not to yeah. include. We'll just we'll yeah. get the material and then I launched you can, off you, you into can make the decisions. I launched off into my uh, clueless American um, uh, stories. So, uh, what was there was kind of a Monty Python anyway. You know, I'm going to stop now and, and move right on. <laughs> uh, what's caught my eye in the, in the past week, uh, there's actually something that I saw just recently that I wanted to throw out there for Daryl. Uh, hmm. he may have already seen this. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, or drive through RPG just sent something out about a, a Battletech product, uh, that's on, yeah, say 50% on Battletech, 25 years of art and fiction. Did you see this, Daryl? Uh yeah, that, uh, there's actually a, I talked about that in my Battletech video. There's a bit of a history on that book specifically. Right. Because it got caught up in the legal dispute between Harmony Gold and Catalyst Game Labs and FAST over the years. Uh, because they got permission to use the old designs, uh, when they first released that book, the 25th anniversary book. Uh, cause okay. now they're on the, this is the 35th anniversary this year of Battletech. So that right. this book is 10 years old, but it's still an amazing book. It goes through the art of all the different years, uh, but they got permission to use the original artwork, and then Harmony Gold changed their mind and said, "Nope." Wow! So they had to pull the book before it could go. It was on its way to press. They had to stop, basically stop the printing process, redo the books, take out the offending artwork, and then send it back to the presses before they can get the final copy. And now there's been rumors that the that there was that they did print it and it got pulped, but I had it confirmed. It never actually made it to print. It was just a digital edition. Uh, but. But yeah, that, uh, that book is actually a really, really good book if anyone's interested in a lot of the artwork and the original designs for Battletech over its first 25 years, and especially how the art evolved from that more anime style, like very Japanese style mecha design to the yes. more seeming industrial designs that right. they started using later on. So a quick question on that. And, and folks, uh, if this makes it into the podcast, I just want to say, if you want somebody who is as adjacent to Battletech as it's possible to be without actually being on the design team, follow Daryl. I mean, he knows he could he could talk all day about Battletech. He knows his stuff. But this uh, 
I, I guess on this thing, do you know, did, was it just a gentleman's agreement on the rights? Because if I had it in paper, I'd be like, sorry, I'm not reprinting this thing. Do you know what? Like when they said, yeah, you can do that. Do you know how the Harmony Gold I, changed the mind on them? No one okay. knows except for yeah. the people who know. Uh, and okay. this came up a lot in the video I did. If anytime there's a legal settlement, it's in America, at least there's usually a gag order attached. So neither yeah. side can actually talk about what actually went on in the trial that was sealed unless it was already released publicly no one's going to talk about it so we don't know exactly what the deal was between harmony gold Riders. we just know the results of what happened and we have to kind wow. of extrapolate from there so all right so we all just right, well, don't know what happened we're well hopefully it'll all move forward smooth from there uh however the main thing is uh, the deal of the day well, I guess if it's a deal of the day, maybe by the time the podcast goes out, it won't even be, uh, you know, relevant. But uh, they're they're running fifty percent off as of right now on RP Drive Through RPG on the book itself. So I'm sure that's a digital copy. Unless I don't know if you could have something like that pay to print or not. So um, the other a couple of things that that grab my attention and and I know uh, Morris and and Peter. Uh, so if, if Peter's frantically blinks his, his, his eyes twice over there, uh, let me know. But I, I know... Yeah, Morris- unfortunately, Peter was involved in uh, a bit of an accident this weekend. Did you hear? Oh, no, was this happened? the one that involved the manhole in the wrecking ball? Yeah, yeah, you heard about it. Yeah, it, yeah. It made the news stateside. That was oh, Peter? Really? Yeah, yeah, that was Peter, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's why, he's, that's why he's not able to talk on this podcast this week. I mean, after okay, seeing something so, like that, I, I'm not sure. I mean, he was really, I, really keen on being here for episode number 50. He was super keen, but, you know, circumstances happened. And, uh, uh, you know, there he is lying on the couch with a full body cast. I oh, mean, my goodness. All I can see is his eyes. I thought, see, all I, all you, I you saw. Thought, you thought that was my pet mummy, didn't you? Well, no, I saw a leg and I just thought he was wearing like a, a white robe or something. He's in traction. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And all you can see is his eyes. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. can you confirm this for me or maybe uh Peter can? Um and we need to we need to literally write hashtag Team Peter on his cast all the <laughs> way down his chest. But um now this is this part of the story that I don't quite believe and people have added to the story on Twitter and they said that okay, so there was a, a manhole cover, a wrecking ball, mm-hmm. a kitten which I believe all of that, uh, but we don't we don't talk about, don't the, about kitten. the kitten. Okay, so there was a creature that, possibly yeah, of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, redacted. There was a redacted, and I heard. Now I don't even know if if you guys have these in Southampton or not, but I heard there was also something to do with the Hell's Angels. Oh uh, no, no, we haven't no. even got bicycles, let alone Hell's okay, Angels. Okay, so no, that's no. that's obviously yeah. a fabrication. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so uh, I was gonna. If you'll allow me, Peter and Morris, and the only reason I'm bringing this up, because you've mentioned it on the podcast before, I know you're not a computer role-playing game show, you're a role-playing, tabletop role-playing game, but Pathfinder Kingmaker is getting an enhanced edition in June, and I know that you've both talked about it before, the uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker CRPG. But wait, so. wait that, that only like came out. I know. <laughs> like last week or something, no. Almost two years, I believe. Yeah. No, two it's, years. because yeah, it was originally it a Kickstarter. Yeah, let me double check. No. All right. Well, I've got a I've got a news story here via PCGamer.com. It says Alcat Games have been patching their party based 
RPG Pathfinder Kingmaker regularly since its release in September of 2018. Yes, I just so, saw that. So yeah, it was out in beta before then, but yeah, it's only been out a few months. Seven, yeah, yeah less, uh, less than a year. And so in in June they'll be upgrading it to an enhanced edition. Uh, it'll be a free upgrade for anyone who owns the existing game. So you're going to get a new class called the Slayer. The Slayer. Oh yes. The, yes. That. Did Peter go to a Slayer concert? Is that what happened? Uh, oh, did you not hear? Oh, oh so yeah. Uh, so, so, so Peter was at a Slayer concert. <laughs> and um, he decided to crowd surf. Oh, man. Um, um, and, well, I mean, Peter's a big guy. Yeah. I mean, he's around about seven feet tall and, you know, he's, he's, he's not a light man. He, uh, he threw himself. He climbed up. He clambered up onto the stage. Right. And decided to fling himself out onto the crowd who saw this enormous body descending down upon them at a rate of knots and everyone just scattered aside. And just, and, wow. And unfortunately he landed in the, uh, you know, inconveniently placed spiked pit. Oh uh, my goodness. Yeah. I okay, was, so, was, well, that explains two things. One, uh, I see a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, uh, younger uh teenage folks outside your window there wearing uh 80s rock t-shirts and and flashing the horns through the uh, so i guess they're giving him support oh, of course, uh, of course, yeah, yeah i was wondering what that was going i didn't i was like is is morris a cult leader what's going on here oh no, i other, am i am a cult leader but that's a that's a yeah. different thing no we, yeah. no, we don't talk about that no. yeah we don't talk about the cat and oh i mentioned i'm sorry and then uh so that also confirms uh the uh UFO network, MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, that re- that reports all kinds of strange phenomena, uh, reported a seismic event at uh, the Southampton Corn Exchange. Uh, so, Ed, but there could be, there was no explanation for what caused it. So, this is all coming together now. Now you know. Now I know. Now you know. Peter is hardcore. And he wears those huge shoulder pads like Robot Man on uh, the Doom Patrol. Yeah, I'm a bit yeah. confused about the spikes, but, you know. Yeah. Such is so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of, so, I, I did find that yeah, uh, the article on the Kingmaker, uh-huh. and mm. I, I saw one thing that I wish every single computer role playing game would have this as a feature on default: the ability to hide any specific item of clothing. So if you get a really goofy looking hat that you have yeah. to wear because the stat bonuses are just that good, you don't have to actually see the goofy looking hat. So a lot of MMOs do that. I, I can't yep. think of any single player. So this might be one of the first single player RPGs that do yeah, that. Usually that I'm gets, aware of. Yeah, usually gets uh, modded in. Um, I know Fallout has a mod for that. Skyrim has a mod for yeah. that. But I don't like that. It's like you got to pay to play, right? Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. No. <laughs> if, if you want to wear a goofy hat that gives you ability scores, then then everyone has to see it. Yeah. That's the price. That's the price you pay. That's the price, mate. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all right. I, 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 I could go either way on it. I could go either way on it. I, I do like the uh, the you know the steel fisted. If you want the bonuses, you got to rock it. Uh, but at the same time, I remember uh, a buddy of mine was playing uh, Knights of the Old Republic two, and he was playing a dude, uh, and and there was some kind of like bikini outfit that raised your charisma. So he was running around in that, and it didn't look good. So I, I would have been okay. With, I would have been okay with him turning that off. Uh, but yeah, some other stuff they're doing here. Uh, 
the new Slayer, a new Prestige class to switch into, which is the Slayer, as you level up, called the... Oh, no, 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 my bad. You get the new class called the Slayer, a Prestige class you can switch into as you level up called the Sword Lord. Uh, there will be an option to hide what uh, Daryl just mentioned. Oh, uh, or if you want to wear a hat uh, for the buff, but not have the other thing. I, oh, for the buff, not in the buff. Yeah, right, what Daryl said. You want the... You want the <laughs> You want the bennies without the uh, without paying the price. Uh, pop-ups during the level up that tell you which other party members have the skills, spells, that I like that. Pop-ups during level up which tell you other party members, uh, which other party members have the skills, spells, and other features you're miss or that you're mousing over. Better warning you that you're about to fail time quests and more. That's that's pretty great. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be out on June 6th. Now I was impressed. Uh, I don't know how I got invited into the alpha. And then the closed beta of Pathfinder, uh, I think it's a great game. I, I was really impressed with it. So uh, I haven't finished it yet, but I liked it a lot. And I have, I, I have started know. it. I haven't gotten far. Well, I just Tarzan or Tarzan. I Tarzan right on in and played a Magus, which was actually actually evidently kind of stupid. Did you just use Tarzan as a verb? I did. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. To Tarzan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's follow it. Yeah. I just Tarzan right on in. And everyone was like, dude, you really don't want to play the Magus because I was doing some Let's Plays. I was like, I'll be fine. I didn't have a flipping clue what I was doing. So for those that are curious, a Magus is a, is a spellcaster that can use a, a certain types of melee weapons like a rapier. Uh, and if they if they hit with their sword or whatever, they can also cast a touch uh, attack spell through their sword. So, for example, I could I could hit somebody, and if it was a successful hit at that point, I could choose to fire off like uh, burning hand, not burning hands, but um, what's the one where you touch them and you zap them, you give them the electrical jolt? Uh, I can't remember. Shocking grasp, Shock and grasp. Yes. exactly. Yeah. So you could you can pass that through your sword, and you do that damage on top of your melee weapon damage. So anyway, uh, the other thing. Uh, that I that is catching my eye that I want to throw out there to help Morrison crew. I, I'm planning right now to be at North Texas RPG Con from June 6th through 9th, and I'm going to try to run a couple of wing games. Uh, like to, yeah, I want to run the go- the Ghost Breakers. You know, who are you going to text? Because it's a modern version of that, right? Um, and it, it looks fun. It looks really bonkers. And then I might, I might slip in either the Aliens uh, Xenomorph thing. The Xenomorph one, yeah. Yeah, and, the, uh, and or uh, another Judge Dredd. Because I, I, I ran a one-shot of Judge Dredd a few months ago at my friendly local game shop. We haven't laughed, so we had so much fun. Do you remember that sheet I sent you with that rap sheet they did on a little eight-year-old boy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they, they, they jacked that dude up. Like, you know, the, the boy was like, thank you for saving me. And like, he, like, grabbed their legs, and they were, like, assaulting an officer, <laughs> ruffling, up, ruffling up a uniform, you know. It was just, and they, they sent a little old lady to the ISO cube uh, who was jaywalking because she was trying to find her. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. We can, she was trying to find her kitten. So, but <gasps> don't. Yeah, sorry. Redact. Redact. Uh, but anyway, so if folks are going to be at North Texas RPG Con oh my over that weekend, you've alerted, people- you've alerted Django. You said. <laughs> well, here's no. the great. You know, he's going to enact enact chemical war plan number four. <laughs> <laughs> Is Peter frantically blinking no yes. <laughs> and over and over? Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, this this full body traction. 
is going to really build character because he can't go anywhere if it releases. So, I mean, this stuff builds character, Peter. And this is how you grow. This is how you grow, pal. Uh, so anyway, if anyone's at North Texas RPG Con, look me up. Uh, it's evidently a good mix of old school, uh, the kind of folks that you would find at Gary Con and, and newer gaming. So, and I'm hoping to run into, uh, Jeff D. I, I know Jeff D is going to be there. I'm not sure about Jack Herman, but I'm hoping to, to jump in on a Villains of Vigilantes game from, mm. from Jeff D. That would be fantastic. Um, I've, I've never played yep. that. I, I have a copy. I, I, I've got loads and loads of RPGs I've never played. <laughs> right. Just so many of them. So many. Well, it, um, it, I, if you ever want to sell it, because no, I'm trying to track no, down no, another no. copy. You know me. Okay. You know me. You know yeah. I'm a collector. Yeah. I don't, yeah. they don't go anywhere. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, see, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but Peter's full body cast is a little roomy. I don't know <laughs> if you detected the secret door. But, you know, not, he's not supposed the back. I hope you're not talking about the back door. No, well, that one you can't, you gotta have, right? And, and there's supposed to be a hose. I don't know. Did they hook that up? But, uh, but on the front, it, it, he doesn't have a, a beer belly all of a sudden. He's supposed to be slipping me a couple of games in there. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we were, we arranged a, uh, clandestine PayPal agreement. So, yeah. Yeah, which I'm not going to pay, but he didn't have to know that. Yeah, I mean, did you hear what yeah. happened with Peter? I was no, Peter. I didn't. Oh, why, why, he, he tried why, why to, he's not talking on. Why he, he's not he, talking on the podcast this week? Are you talking about when he tried to do an entire marathon of Star Trek Enterprise, and it ended up affecting him so badly he ended up in one of those full metal containers, like um, like uh, Captain Pike. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's. He's, he's sitting there talking about what is it, Talos Four or something like that? I don't know what he's going on about. He's he keeps asking me to take him there, Talos Four. What's well, he talking he, about? He's also confused because he keeps he, he's like, why don't I have any shields? Why oh, can't I raise shields? All I have is this ablative oh. plating. So I don't I don't get it. Would you? So Daryl, let me ask you this: if he if he if if he did an entire marathon of Enterprise, would you say it tripped him up? That's one of the main characters was trip. I got I got the joke that the silence was intentional. <laughs> Hashtag Team Peter. That was for you, Peter. <sighs> I hate you. Shane. I actually <laughs> I I don't like the the canon changes and the and the design changes they did on Enterprise. But it, it was actually, I don't hate it as much as, as a lot of people do. I thought like, the Zindi stuff was actually pretty you know, good. I, I love Star Trek. I absolutely yep. adore Star Trek. But I think that over half of Star Trek is awful. Yeah. So much of it is bad. It's, There's a I, lot of I, I bad don't understand Trek how much dross there is in Star Trek. When it's good, it is possibly one of my favorite things to watch in the entire universe ever. Like above right. Star Wars. Um, probably I like it more than D&D when it's good. Right. But it's bad so much as well. It's bad yes. so often. Like yep. entire series are bad. It's you know, it's 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 such a it's a it's such a binary show. I don't get how, how it managed to be so good and so bad at the same time. Well, uh yeah, well you've got it's it's such a there's so many different shows and you've had different they used to call them producers or whatever, now they're showrunners, I guess. I don't know. And you have uh you know, all these different, well, we want our show to be basically lost in space, Star Trek. And we want our show to be Babylon 5, Star mm. Trek. And we want our show, uh, for me, uh, Star Trek is at its best when you have a crew that all gets along 
is out there to explore. Yes, they'll fight if they have to, but they're there to explore. Uh, and they're and the, and you're using it when science fiction can be in its best, where you're tackling contemporary issues uh, with with you know science fiction layered on top of it, so it'll get past people's filters. For uh, me, Star Trek yeah. absolute pinnacle was the original movies two, three, and four. You know that trilogy they that was con- good. Con- con through to Wales. If you're gonna make movies, see you can't do. Star Trek television in a Star Trek movie. It has to be a completely different type of storytelling. Uh, so if you're going to do Star Trek movies, yes, I agree. Those were fantastic. Um, and, and I like Star Trek Generations just because it was the only one where we got to see the Enterprise D actually in a movie. Right. So well, before they go. crashed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> stop. Here's okay. Rant. Rant time. Stop. <laughs> Are you, stop. Yeah, stop destroying the Enterprise. Stop yeah, yeah, yeah. Up the ship. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a character just like <laughs> over everybody and over else. Again. Stop the problem is they, they keep blowing it up for shock value. But yeah. the problem is you've seen the Enterprise destroyed so many times. It's not a shock, is it? It's <laughs> <laughs> the only time it was truly a shock was in Star Trek Three. Yeah, right? the like, first holy time. crap! They just yeah. blew up the Enterprise. Yeah. The first time that it, happened. Yeah, and then it was kind of a shock in Generations because it's like, whoa, yeah. they, you know. Yeah, because I didn't see that coming, uh, you know, and and they wanted to have a reason for Data to say, you know, oh, blank, so that they could get, you know, a higher rating or whatever it was. They'll slip yeah. in profanity they for that stuff. did it again in one of the new films, didn't they? Was it well, Beyond? Yeah. Beyond? Yeah, Beyond. Yeah, they literally... And I, feel, did, and I feel like there's another one as well. That's three. Is there, is there another one? In Insurrection, they were... A, not insurrection. Which one was the aliens meets the right stuff, Daryl? Which one, or or Morris? Which one was that? Uh, the one with the Borg. Uh, oh, uh, first contact. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one they were about to blow it up. Yeah, they didn't blow it up there. And and I was like, I feel no. That was the, that was the time it made actually would have made sense for them to blow up because the Borg had taken over like two thirds of the ship. Right. Yeah. The they, and you know. Yeah, but the thing is, they're like, I'm gonna blow up the ship, and we're gonna. Self-destruct in three minutes, 15 seconds. I didn't care. I'd only known the ship for about a, a, an hour and a half. I didn't, I didn't do you, care. Do you know what yeah. I think I love about Star Trek destruct sequences? The uh, the secret code to blow up the USS Enterprise. Right. Do you know how, you know, you know your PIN number or your password, it should never be like 1234 or password or, right. or, or your pet's name. The secret code in Star Trek 3 to blow up the Enterprise is this. Zero, zero, right. zero, destruct, zero. Right. But you'll have to... Uh, <laughs> but but as long as two officers do it at the same well, time... Well, no, it's, it's, the thing know. is, it's gotten... It progressively gets easier as it goes. Like, in the original series, it required, I think, three bridge officers, and they had this big, long, complicated thing they had to put in. That was way back in the 60s TV show. Then we get to Next Generation, where it's just... Uh, Picard and Riker had to go uh, destruct authorization uh, Picard uh, Alpha uh, uh, Alpha 1 and then uh, Riker Beta 2 or something like that then we get to Voyager and she's just like Janeway Pie blow us up right do yeah. you know what? Do you know what it is now? I've heard. Uh, I've, I've heard rumors about how it works in the uh, in well, the next series. So basi- the, basically, oh, it's yep. Alexa controlled now. Oh. <laughs> so if you make, if you misspeak where you're in the bridge, you're dead. 
So Amazon, while they're rolling up and up, rolling out an upgrade, could accidentally blow up all of Starfleet. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard that they that the new security precautions where they were going to roll Peter in in a full body cast, and he has to blink the sequence at a uh, full retinal scan. Oh, did you hear what happened yeah. to Peter? No, oh, I, I just know that it would happen. Yeah, I mean, I know you were wondering why he hasn't said anything I, on this podcast yet today. Um, uh, well, well, you know, he's a, he's a, Peter's an adventurous guy. You know, he likes to. I can tell likes, that he likes to try different things. Sometimes yeah, an experiment with a you know a, a new flavour of cheese. Sometimes he'll um, he'll drink a glass of wine out of a different shaped glass. He's you know he's he's, he's a guy of action. He's, he makes Indiana Jones look you know positively tame. I think right. Yeah, uh, Indy's Indy's a wimp compared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's uh, a wanker. Yeah. Uh, so Peter, uh, he was experimenting with uh, a, a new chili. <laughs> was it the ghost pepper or worse? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he he went one stage further, so he blended the thing. Oh, my goodness. Then he took a straw, and then he snorted the no. chili. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Daryl? Daryl, mm-hmm. weren't you telling me that there was some sort of a report of they thought maybe it was a sonic boom over Southampton, but they couldn't confirm what caused Was that you telling me? What was the story there? Something crazy. There was some crazy story out of Southampton recently you were telling me about. I don't know. I don't really pay that much attention to the news. Okay. Well, there was some sort of... It wasn't the seismic event at the, at the uh, Corn Exchange. There was... Uh, they were they were trying to say it was a sonic boom, but most people were saying it, it sounded more like a prolonged human scream. Mm. But the the local uh, eggheads were saying that that no human could sustain a noise of that decibel uh, and in that range for that long a time. Yeah. I mean that's why that's why he's there, sort of wrapped up in these cold bandages, and he's got this uh, freezing unit attached to him. You see, see the freezing unit there. I do. Yeah, yeah, because his body temperature has reached something like 4,000 degrees Kelvin. It's amazing. <laughs> well, those are energy problems. Solved. I don't even know if that's hot or not. <laughs> I don't know what Kelvin is. That's ridiculously hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 4,000 4, Kelvin is 3,780. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 88 degrees Celsius. Well, that sounds about right because they are now tapping into him to power South Africa's power grid. Yeah, as you say, there's all your power problems solved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cables, I mean, he's there on the couch and the cables running out of the windows and the doors are, you know, they're annoying. But, you know. Do you have, is it cold there? Because I I can swear I see some hobos or something kind of holding their hands against the window like they're trying to warm up. It was cold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Now it's quite. It's quite balmy. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, man, Peter. Yeah, that guy. You know, what an adventurer. Uh, So one and and one last thing. I don't know if it it caught my eye or not, but I wanted to see if you wanted to talk a little bit more. So and you covered it last podcast, uh, but more. I think more stuff has come out since then, or I've researched it more anyway. This Brazilian car commercial. That basically did the live action D and D cartoon. Oh shame! Uh, we've got we've got like four pieces of news, and that's one of them. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> redacted. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be a news item because you talked yeah, about that, it last it, week. It okay. is a very slow news week. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, uh, so, do you want to hear what I've been doing this week? 
Oh, no, not really. Hey, Daryl. As we're an hour and 20 minutes into the podcast, we haven't even started yet. <laughs> hey, man, I'm eating a Pop-Tart. I'm cool. Um, no, so uh, I've been preparing for UK Games Expo all week. Yep. And UK Games Expo is taking place this coming weekend. So this podcast goes out on Wednesday. Um, I will... As you listen to this on Wednesday, I will be in Birmingham tomorrow setting up the stand. Uh, Peter will also be there for the for the duration, although he's uh, he's not working on the stand, but he's going to drop by from time to time. I tried to... Well, you know, I mean, now has, is he going to be like in a pulley kind of... I mean, how's he getting around? Is he going to have a handler oh, to kind of push him around? Did you not hear what happened to him? Vaguely. I just know that he's had some kind of situation. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, so he went exploring, as as Peter does. And uh, he was exploring some kind of, um, I don't know, Siberian um, wasteland. And As he is wont to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does that from time yeah. to time. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, apparently he fell into uh, an ancient Siberian uh, salt mine uh, sort of mine shaft. 300 wow. foot full. Uh, wow. Luckily, he, you know, he landed in a snowdrift, but even so. Wow. It and was- I hear, Wow. That's so. I heard a couple of things about this. Now this is jogging my memory, and I'm 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 getting online and going through Twitter. So one, I hear that you know he will he he likes to go to various frozen hinterlands. Yes, well, and, who, and challenge. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he challenges himself against nature, like not unlike Jack London. I do wish he wouldn't do it in a loincloth, to be honest. But you know, I with friends you have to make allowances <laughs> pardon me right that <laughs> you've choked me up i'm all for clemped just thinking about that so i heard a couple of things here one i heard he took Django with him uh and and that 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 Django like peter disappeared for a couple of days and then and then Django came busting into your house barking and you said what is it boy and and Django kept barking and 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 you're like oh Peter is it Peter's in Siberia and fell down a a mine shaft and so that so, so you went and rescued you, you called in the the royal uh the 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 united the UK special forces have a deal with the royal canadian mounties and the royal canadian mounties no, went neither in. of which are anywhere near Siberia but. <laughs> but uh, hey you know so it, the way international agreements work is so weird so they got there and they noticed something weird about the mine shaft. It was a legitimate mine shaft, but there's no way Peter should have fallen into it. They did some samples and there was some sort of noxious cloud that ate through the tundra causing uh Peter to fall in and they're trying to find the source of the of the cloud. But thank goodness Django well, is there they, to come back should, and they're usually the words chemical warfare, I believe. Chemical warfare, yeah. yeah. I yeah, I hear they're they're like, if they can replicate this, uh, then I mean the world peace is assured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean there's some kind yeah. of there's some kind of lingering stench there, even now. Now, mm-hmm. So anyway, so at, at at the game expo, what's the name of it again? UK Games the, Expo. Although I love, Ga- I love when they when they uh yeah, the, the URL of the um, website and when they have their Twitter handle. So you've got UK Games Expo, but it's one of those things that, as written as one word, it reads like UK Game Sex. <laughs> that Well, that'll get people in the door. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying I'd want to go to it. 
But they're like, where'd all these people come from? And, and why are they, do they seem disappointed with our wares? It's actually, um, it's actually vying for Origins. Every single year, it vies with Origins as the third biggest uh, tabletop gaming convention in the world now. So no- Really? I didn't realize it was that big. So number one is Je- uh, Gen Con. Yeah. Uh, number two is uh, Essenspiel over in uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. Although some people argue that because Essenspiel was a bit more cagey with their turnstile figures. Uh, but aren't they also more board games? Yeah, than, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about okay. uh, conventions that are tabletop, tabletop gaming gotcha. exclusive. I mean, if you start including the ones okay. that do video games and stuff, then you multiply these by 10. But Okay. Uh, and then uh, three uh, positions three and four is uh, UK Games Expo and Origins. And each time they have one, each one like leapfrogs the other by about 1,000 people. So each year it's like, you know, briefly UK Games Expo is number one then Origins is, then UK Games Expo is, then Origins is. And they keep on doing this leapfrogging thing, increasing by a 1,000 each, each year, year on year. Wow. So, and and that's kind of a news story on its own, just the ridiculous... We're we're beyond temporary fad status. We're, we're in... This is a true social growth thing. Now, it won't... It can't be sustained like this year after year after year after year. But I think when it's all said and done, we're not going to go back down to the level that we were before a few years yeah. ago. I mean, I, I, mean, I, 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 I yeah. take all the credit for that, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I would if I were yeah, you. I mean, really. if your website didn't exist, uh, <laughs> n- not only would Peter not have survived Siberia, but but nobody on Earth, including me, would know what a role-playing game is. Even Gary Gygax uh, wouldn't have known what a role-playing game is. You want you want to know an interesting thing, a uh, bit of trivia. I guess from Gygax is I don't know what the origin is. Is this like Swedish or Norwegian or something like that? Switzerland. It's Switzerland. So up in the Lake Geneva area where he's from, all of those people say Gygax. That came up in the uh, uh, the Blackmore uh, documentary where they're they're researching Dave Arneson. And every time somebody says Gygax that's in that crew there, they say Gygax. Well, they're incorrect, because he said Gygax. And do you know how I know Did that? Did he? I know that because <laughs> I asked him. <laughs> you clo- you cloned him. Uh, well, no, Is I've, that real? No, he says Gygax. Does he say Gygax? No, okay, I've, I've, well, anyway. I've met him twice, both, yeah. both times at Gen Cons. And, and uh, the, first, the first time I met him, because I, I have a friend yeah. who um, says Gygax. Guy Jacks. Guy, Guy Jacks. Jacks. Yeah, yeah. Guy Jacks. Uh, Guy uh, Jacks. Uh, like, why, why do you say that? That's, and he's, he was convinced that's how you pronounced it. So when I when I first met Gary Guy Gax, which was, would have been, I don't know, early 2000s at Gen Con, I, I had to ask him. And he very, very specifically and clearly said, it's Guy Gax. That, oh, that interesting. That is how his family pronounces that name. So anyone that says otherwise, they're wrong. They're wrong. Okay. Yeah, because there were, there were the crew... Whatever crew it was that the Blackmore crew that hangs out with Arneson or hung out with Arneson, some of them said Gigax, and I, I asked uh, the producer of the documentary about it. I was like, you know what's up with that Gigax thing? And he said, not really. And then somebody commented on YouTube. That's how it's said in, you know, wherever, Switzerland. Well, I, I don't know. I can but, tell you for a but, fact that's not how he said it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, and, and here's an actual RPG-related topic of discussion now that we're an hour and a half in. Actual RPGs? Uh, okay. No. Yeah. No. No. So, do you guys, yeah, so do you guys, when it comes to, and I'm not even talking about pop culture conventions, I'm not talking about comic book conventions, which are not comic book conventions anymore, they're pop culture conventions, uh, with a little bit of comic book stuff mixed in. When you go to a convention, 
that its sole purpose is tabletop role-playing games mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of like Magic the Gathering or Warhammer, but, but basically, you know, tabletop role-playing games. Do you like a big, huge convention or do you like something smaller and a little bit more intimate? I like something smaller. That's where I'm at. I. What about you, Daryl? For me, for conventions like that, I'm more concerned with, uh, and again, this is probably because when I go to conventions, I typically am going to work. I'm more interested in guest list than I'm anything else. Like right. what, so what designers, what yeah. companies, what uh, premier games, like what games are people showing off that are just about to yeah. come out? Uh, what designers are there for interviews, stuff like that. So I, I'm looking at it a, a little bit different way than a lot of people do. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's way more than fair. I, I, I do like to network and, you know, meet people. And I don't like just like, hey, how's it going? I'm going to pretend I like you so I can get you on the show. Like, I like to have fun and play games. And then if people seem interesting or whatever, I'll invite them on the show. But I much prefer a smaller con. Like, when they show the picture of Gen Con before the doors open and there's 8.3 million trillion people. Yeah, you don't have, you don't, that, you don't have to do that. Though. Yeah, no. But to boy, be fair, that you don't, you don't not... have to be in that crush. You can wait. So, you can, wait, you can right. wait 10 minutes and then, and then go in. So, so once the ravening gaming horde descends and makes it through the gates, is it, is it so crowded that it's just not even fun to walk around or is it a pretty good experience? I find it a little frustrating. Um, I'm, I'm a fast okay. walker. I, like you know, I'm one of those people that if you're walking too slowly in front of me on the pavement, I'm seizing yeah. inside. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, well, I'm, I'm, like, I I'm, I'm, that- like, I'm like wishing your death from behind. So is that what happened to Peter? Because I see he's over there like in a cast or something. Uh, well, I mean, look. So me and Peter, we go out for our uh, regular moonlit strolls. Oh, we we think it's romantic, and you know why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you roll on a random table to determine wh- what route to take? Well, why wouldn't they? Of course, of yeah, course. right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, of course. yeah, that's romantic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he got in front of you because he was admiring a a a a family of rabid badgers uh, on the on the bank, yeah. and and he slowed slowed down. To, to admire nature in all of its potent fury, yeah. and and you ju- you just walked him down. Well, you know, obviously uh, we 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 take these walks in full armor. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, 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 wait! What type of armor? Well, I I prefer I Scale prefer mail? a full suit of plate mail myself. Uh, yeah. Peter, for some reason, likes these slightly revealing leather outfits. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> well, yeah, considering his condition after your full armor-plated boots uh, trod him down, uh, he he might want to look at it into at the very least an adamantine breastplate. Perhaps. I'm just, I'm just gonna, perhaps. Yeah, yeah perhaps. perhaps he'll probably learn from this experience. Yeah. Is there any Kevlar woven into those bandages? I wonder. Oh no, no, no. We 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 operate on medieval rules only. <laughs> Well, I heard that that the 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 Patreon budget you didn't you didn't want to spring for that because you're going to use the Patreon. Yeah, twenty three dollars. Hey, what a wonderful segue, <laughs> folks! You got to support, and I'm saying this as a Patreon supporter. Go support the Patreon. They, they these guys are putting out a real good podcast. Actually, really the, the the Patreon pretty much saved this podcast because that that mixer just there. Yeah, you know we yeah. we had the cuddle episodes where me and Peter had to cuddle I, around this one microphone here. 
Actually, this wasn't yeah. even this microphone because the mixer wasn't there. So it was it was literally just the internal mic on my Mac. So we're so, we're both sitting at this desk talking into this this Mac right here, and um, yeah, that that wasn't going to go on for long. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> It was, so it was it not was, ideal. It's, it was one moonlight stroll too many yeah, in exactly, close quarters. Exactly. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, so so what happened? This this mixer, I, I sort of uh, noticed one day it was uh, it was on the floor. And I was like... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why that's funny. Interesting. I was thinking of Django. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, no, there's yeah. no way that could have been Django. No way. Um, right. And it had been completely unplugged. Every single... So, you know... There's two two mics going in. There's a power lead and a USB. So there's four four things going into that thing. It's on the floor and it's completely unplugged. So you know, I say to my wife, "Is there any reason why that mix is on the floor?" And she's, "No, I don't know. Nothing to do with me." Um, and I'm like, "Hmm, hmm, okay." Um, so I'm thinking, well, I I know I didn't do it. I know it's beyond the laws of physics for Django to have done it. <laughs> But still, okay, okay. <laughs> so once I get it back together and I, I, I've plugged it all in again, it's not working. It's just like dead. And uh, for, what was it, three, was it four weeks? Three weeks, four weeks? We had to cuddle around this TV, uh, TV, uh, Mac. Mac, um, you're right. Uh, do, do, doing the cuddle episodes. So finally, finally, I got the, uh, I delved into the Patreon resources because I hadn't, yes. I, I hadn't done a payout from the Patreon either. I just like let it build up and thought, right, we really need a new mixer. So it was like 109 quid or something. I can't remember how much. Anyway, and that was almost exactly what was in the Patreon account. Nice. And I was like, well, nice. there we go, Patreons. Thank you very much. This is why me and Peter no longer have to cuddle. No, no, I have to cuddle. Yeah, yeah, no, I know when it gets to a certain, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, this is the only, and I'm not just saying this to to blow smoke or whatever. This is the only RPG podcast I listen to every week. Uh, you know, you and Peter came out the gate, and Daryl with a lot of chemistry and a lot of professionalism. R- you hit the ground running, so I just really enjoy this podcast. It's the only one I listen to every week. <laughs> <laughs> You dance around to it and look in the mirror. Actually, I do listen to it every single week. I yeah, don't know why. Do yeah. you listen to your own show? You know, I've been doing radio for about five years now. Mm. And I'll, I'll just be honest in a minute. First, I like to listen because it was a thrill to hear myself on the radio. You just like the sound of your now own voice. I, yeah, yeah. Now I'm absolutely... I think you you realize that you hit a level of... You level up a little bit when you're doing podcasting or radio when you're like, I'm actually sick of my voice. Mm. I, I don't ever want to hear my voice again. So, and then you're doing it for the love of the craft and not because, oh, wow, I'm so amazing or something like that. Uh, but I listen to every show to try to get better. You know, like, oh, I, you know, I need to stop saying, um, yeah. 33 I, times I, I, yeah, in one exa- second. I do exactly yeah. the same thing. Cause I, I know that I have a tendency to speak really fast. And yeah. often I'll talk away from the microphone. It's a, yep. I can't help it. I'm, I'm, I'm blah, 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 blah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy and, to uh, do. I hear it on the podcast. I can tell when I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I can hear it. And I got, yeah. every time I hear it, I don't do yeah. that. You know? One, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and one thing I learned to do was don't listen to it immediately after. Listen to it a few days later when, you know, it's almost, it's, it's like you're listening to it with a different perspective. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the ideal thing with Daryl, though, because. Um, Daryl yeah. does the editing and then I hear it three days later or two days later yeah. I've kind of half forgotten what we talked about right. so, and also right. because his cut isn't exactly what 
necessarily I I would remember having recorded because it removed right. stuff. Um, and it's and it sounds. I mean, obviously, it sounds better because it'll cut out the gaps and the flubs and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's almost it's almost like listening to it from a fresh perspective. I think. I wonder if there's a, a a topic in there, maybe not for today's show, but sometime in the future, I may even do it on my own. Like. I know people do Let's Plays. I wonder if any DMs or GMs out there record themselves just so they can listen later and, and get better. I bet they do. That might be it. I bet they that do. That might yeah. be it. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to hear from people if they do that. That'd be a good... You know, if you're trying to improve your craft and DMing and GMing is a craft. I tell, I tell you, you know? what, though. Some of the, some of the streamed yeah. shows that I've seen, I don't watch many. Uh, mainly, I watch the ones if they're playing my games, but uh, I don't watch many. But some of... Given how much I know has to be cut out of, say, this podcast because of the flubs and me mumbling away and uh, all, all sorts of stuff, how much ends up getting cut out. And given the fact that I know those things are happening live, and generally speaking, they sound great the entire time. Just like a radio host, like, you know, going, right, going They on. sound on point every that's time. Like, oh, yeah. That is a level, that's, you know, it's a level above, it's definitely a level above me. It really is. It really is. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, professionals, if you're watching a TV show or listening to talk radio, or if you're watching to, to tie it into the theme of this podcast, if you're watching uh, a DM or a GM run a magnificent game uh, and it looks like there's no effort, you're watching somebody who's really good mm. at their craft. Right. Uh, through practice and, and self-improvement and all that. It's the people that make it look easy that make anybody think they can jump in and then they get in and walk. Like, well, this is really hard. Mm. You know, uh, you know, they've got a lot of a lot of experience at it. So tell you what, one other thing that I found was good listening back. You know, at first you go through this. I hate the sound of my own voice thing. And I think ev- yep. I think everybody in the entire world has that problem with, you know, without exception. Yeah. You're like, you get, it's you, like the first time you really you, see you, yourself in a mirror. But, you get over, <laughs> like, but the thing is, you get over it, don't you? you After do. a while, yeah. you get over it, and then the sound of your own voice doesn't bother you anymore. It's fine. And that, yeah. I, I am so glad that that happened, because once I got past that stage, I became more confident talking on the podcast, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about how I sounded, because I, I realized, eh, I sound all right. You know, I don't sound like Stephen Fry, yeah. but I sound all right. And that's, right. that's all I need to do. Oh, sorry, my phone was ringing. I'm going to put it on. I had it on. Uh, I had it on. Not. I had it on not silent earlier, so I wouldn't oh, no, miss that's, the AC guys. So Peter, he's trying to get a message to you. Oh, he is. Yeah, uh, uh, he's, yeah. he's over there on the couch. Obviously, he can't talk. He's uh, it's, he, it's, he's using says, his phone it, to try and communicate with us. It, it says, "Ye gods, I hate." the sound of Morris's voice. (laughs) (laughs) It gets worse every minute. (laughs) (laughs) Now I enjoy listening to you guys. Uh, But yeah, the best thing, whether you're DMing or GMing or writing an adventure or doing a podcast, don't try to please everybody. Write something that, that you want to write for, for that you would want to do yourself and then do the best you can. That's, I mean, that's, that's well, the that's, best that's, advice I give. That's the thing about writing or selling a game, for example. You do not need to be D&D. You do not need to sell 15 million copies a year. All you need right. is a 1,000 good fans, and you've got a living, mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to support an entire company. If you're, if you're a, a small company, a 1,000 good fans, you've got a decent living yeah. there. Yeah. The guy that uh, yeah, in fact, I you was... might even be getting paid more than someone working at Wizards of the Coast. 
Absolutely, because you're you're doing all of the risk, but you're also reaping all of the exactly. benefits. Exactly. Yeah, once, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was talking with, uh, uh, I told you, I think we mentioned before we started recording, I interviewed with Doug uh, Tim Naple yesterday who created uh, Earthworm Jim mm. and is now doing a lot of comic books and graphic novels, including Earthworm Jim. And he said, you know, I've got my core fans that like my stuff. And it wasn't a huge number. And, and, and he said, you know, I've got a, a single income, uh, a wife and four kids mm. and we're good yeah. because I, you know, I take care of my fans. Right. So, yeah. That is, that is basically, that is basically how it works. I mean, you get, you get people online that, I don't know, they'll, they'll intimate that uh, because your game isn't big or isn't popular or they've not come across it before in some way you're not successful. It's like, that's ridiculous. I'm doing, I'm doing fine, mate. I'm doing fine. Uh, you know, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not a millionaire, on, but yeah. I am doing okay. It's right. No, if you can, if you can, whether you're bivocational or you're doing it full time, if you're creating and selling, let's just make it about RPGs, some sort of product or service related to that, and enough people buy it that you're making money, not breaking easy or losing money, and and you're not just you know throwing something out there uh, that you don't care about to make money. Uh, you're you're successful on a certain level. You don't need, you know? you don't need that many. Yeah. So if a thousand people buy a fifty quid book off you once a year, that's right. fifty thousand right. pounds. That's not it's not a bad wage. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it not, doesn't make you rich, you know? but it's not it's it's not a bad wage. Well, yeah. So let's keep because I know there's a lot of people out there that and 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 honestly, you know, Morris, you've inspired me watching uh you do like wine and all the stuff you're doing uh you know i'm like man I, you know I, I this is great watching these people who uh aren't what would be considered because you're not like you're not like i was at wizards of the coast for 20 years and you're not like you know i was at you just knew a lot about rpgs and a lot of people in the industry and, and just started doing it right mm. am i am i miss yeah and you're putting out a top-notch product i mean you if you look at judge dread Dude, those that that looks just as good, if not better, than anything I can find on the on the bookshelves from the big publishers, right? So, so, if there's people out there that you're inspiring to get involved, I would just tell people, do it. Just you know, the difference between some professionals and those that just dream about it is the professionals did it. That's yeah. that's really yeah. the only difference. I, I, I yeah. remember I yeah. I used to work for uh, yeah Scandia Life. I don't know if they exist anymore, but they're an insurance company, Swedish insurance company. Had an office here in Southampton. I was pretty. It was pretty much a call center. Um, so I was selling uh, uh, ICES, which are sort of like uh, tax-free savings accounts. Well, this is what 20, 20 something years ago and one day I you know I, I hated it I really 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 hated it I like dreaded going into work every morning it, it's it's soul crushing yeah, you're yeah. living a life of quiet desperation uh, right and one day I just decided I'm just I'm just gonna quit my job create the pressure because that I think helped do you know what I mean it's, uh, I wouldn't have done I it I totally if, know yeah, what you I mean I wouldn't have done it if I had yeah. quit in advance so I just went in one day and said look here's my notice uh, two weeks because that's what I had to give I'm leaving and uh, everyone there was like, are you sure you haven't got another job lined up blah 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 all this sort of stuff I mean what are you going to do and I was like I know it's scary as hell but I'm doing this I'm quitting my job and I'm just going to I'm just going to try and the fact that I had no fallback plan I think is why it worked 
So you you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you stress yourself out to where you're you're putting yourself into a hell of of unrealistic expectations. But yes, you do have to have a certain amount of not only passion and desire to do it, but a little bit of a burning fuse behind you. Yeah, yeah. Because that, you know, yeah, I mean, you, like I said, you don't want to, if, if you're drowning in debt and, you know, you've got uh, a wife and kids and all that, you probably don't want to just, you know, but if you can, if you're like, I know what income I need to make. And, and by the way, folks, and I'm, and, and, and I'm going to stress this for, cause there's a lot of people that want to freelance and RPGs and all that. So we can keep it focused on RPGs. You can live really good on a somewhat small income if you don't have any debt. Mm. And, and, and so get yourself, that's just a practical yeah. thing. Uh, you know, get your debt down and then you have a lot more yeah, wiggle so, room so to go out so there and experiment. I, mean, I have no debt whatsoever. I ended up going full-time going the other way. Um, I started out part-time just doing uh, bits here and there when I was writing for Any Cool News. I had a full-time job on top of that. When I started doing the Gamers Tavern podcast back in the day, I had a full-time job on top of that. And then it, uh, the other stuff just kept growing and growing and growing to the point where I was like, I had some money saved up and I said, okay, I don't need this full-time job anymore. Mm. It's, it's, it's cutting right. into I'm my a- work. Out of curiosity, and obviously you can edit this out of the podcast, but what did mm-hmm. Ain't Cool what did Ain't It Cool News pay you at the time? Absolutely nothing. Nothing? I was not You're doing it for I was doing it for exposure. Oh god. I'm gonna circle this back to RPGs because I, I, I tell a lot of people uh, and I share it out. Morris, you and Peter did a show and I think you wrote an article on realistic and respectable freelance rates. Mm. And I really, you know, cause you're like, look, people are worth their pay. Um, you know, uh, if they're good and if they're, you know, it's the, you, you try not to work for free. Uh, now there, having said that there are times where, uh, like for example, ain't it cool news? Hey, you want to work for a little while, uh, get some experience. It's almost like you're interning, uh, you know, and you, um, you get a little bit of experience. You get you get a resume bullet, but don't do that indefinitely. But, you know, but think about so, it this way. Yeah. Okay, so it worked out for Daryl that one time, right? Ninety nine percent of the time it doesn't. And also, wouldn't it be better if Daryl got that exposure and, was and got paid? paid? Yeah. Oh, I would totally you agree. Know, it, no, I'm the saying exposures if, not instead of getting paid. It should yeah. be as well as getting paid. I, I I agree with that. I'm just saying that there are times where you can parlay it. Like for example. Uh, I'm trying to think of a website out there right now that's just, you know, everybody reads it and da 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 da. And if they're like, hey, Shane, do you want to give us a couple of free articles for, I might consider it, probably not. But it, 99% of the time, it's not good. Every oh, now well, and I'll then, try, I get, you know, maybe consider it. Probably yeah. twice a year, I'd say. I would say I would get uh, contacted by, I think, Forbes once. Uh, Huffington Post a few times. Uh, yeah. So yeah. various different d- various different outlets, and uh, they've seen an yeah. article on my site. They've liked, right. and they said, "Can we use this article?" And my response has been, "How much?" And they've come back and said, "I'm sorry, we can't pay you for it." And I said, "You're like, well, I'm no. S- yeah. <laughs> then you right. cannot use and it." I, and I don't blame you. I'm not. I'm, I'm ironically, I'm arguing to always make sure you get paid. I'm just saying, every now and then. A perfect storm will come along where maybe you can actually benefit and not completely get taken yeah, advantage one, one of. One in a million so, times, you know, yeah. yeah right. One in a million but times you most, can jump out of a yeah. skyscraper and survive. Don't do it. Yeah. And survive, <laughs> right. Know, it's the, what, 
the point is, I mean, I would even, you know, uh, it's worth listening to probably at least once a year if you're a freelancer. The conversation you had with Peter on that was excellent, you know, uh, and, and, it, and, it, and I think a lot of freelancers, whether it's artists or writers or maybe people making sounds and music, don't give yourself away for free. Mm. You know, uh, you're worth something. You're putting time into it. Most people are so eager to be validated by having whatever they created be deemed acceptable enough to throw up there and they get a a credit. They're so tickled pink by that. They don't realize that, you know, there's a business end here. And the ironic thing is the larger companies like Huffington Post or Ain't It Cool New, whatever, uh, the ones that are like, we'll give you exposure are the ones that probably can actually afford to pay. It's that insidious thing where they make you believe that exploiting you is a privilege. Yeah. That's that's the bit I don't like. And here is is the counter argument every single time. If a site is big enough that the exposure is going to be enough to help me, that site should be big enough to pay me. Yes, exactly. That's the fundamental paradox behind it. Yeah. 100%. Now, I I do know that... uh, did you guys ever see that uh, Will Wheaton, the you know the guy Wesley Crusher and all that? Mm-hmm. He wrote a whole yep. article about that where uh, the, the uh, Huffington Post was like, and there this is Will Wheaton, you know, big, pretty yes. within within geekdom, a, a famous guy, uh, and and they reached out to him and said, hey, you know, we want to use your article from your blog, blah blah blah. And he did the same thing Morris did. Okay, sure. What's what's your rate and what's your terms? Another thing, make sure you know what terms you're agreeing to. Uh, but it, but anyway, he and they're like, oh, uh, nothing but the exposure is great. And he said, um, thank you, no. And then he wrote a huge blog post about it and pushed it out all over social media, basically mm. saying that you know he's like, no, this is crazy. So, um, you know, so you know what you're worth. And and they're not your friends. And in fact, I heard one. I see that Peter is over there, kind of laid up. Uh, I heard that he actually was promised some freelance pay and, and went to try to collect, and ran into somebody named Spiny Norman. Is is that is that actually what happened, or or Dinsdale, or the the, the well, Piranha Brothers, well, or something like that? If if you're gonna get a commission for Mafia Weekly, I did warn him. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, you know, and yeah. he was like, "No, I'm sure they're lovely people. I'm sure they're absolutely fine." <laughs> I, you know, I, I tried to warn him, Mafia Weekly, but no, no. He yeah. said, "I'm going to write, I'm going to write an article for Mafia Weekly," and he and they said they pay me in exposure. Hey, yeah, do you know what exposure meant to them? Exposure to the elements as he's plummeting yes, up. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. complex well, fracture. Complex mm. fracture. Yeah, is a compound. See, it will comp. The exposure will compound into uh, more exposure, but. What I heard was that he said, hey, I'm here for, uh, you know, my quid or, or whatever. And they said, oh, no, you got it wrong, mate. Uh, you pay us protection money. And he's like, uh, he's like, oh, I must have misheard. And, and then he got his big shoulder pads with the spikes and it, and it just went downhill from there. Mm, yeah. 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 I mean, he, he does wear, apparently he wears them in bed, too, which is unfortunate. <laughs> There's actually a pretty big demand right now, at least from some people in the industry, wanting more people talking about the history of the industry, because as of right now, it is still in living memory, but a lot of the original people involved are slowly starting to like pass away. 
or they're right. or they have moved on into other industries and they're becoming harder to find to interview to talk to the people who are actually there for the creation so a lot of people are like we're going to have this history that we're going to lose if we don't document it now oh right no i agree and in fact one of the the things i do on my show now i'm not an rpg exclusive radio show mm-hmm. or podcast but i cycle a lot of um rpg content in it and i 100 percent agree um that you know we, we've got to get that stuff documented um and you know that's one of the reasons like one of the most popular shows i've done in the past within the past year was uh the guy that's doing the secrets of blackmore where it's like yeah G- gygax is a massive personality he's very important to gaming arneson doesn't get talked about as much so let's talk to his gaming group uh that also includes who's the guy that did dungeon mcgarry something like that uh the dungeon board game so there's this whole group of people that were very influential on dungeons and dragons and role-playing but they were more on arneson's side so i did a whole two-hour show on that and it's been one of the most popular shows i've done you know in the past year or so except when morris does his uh judge dread sylvester stallone impression that one broke youtube's algorithm so that was actually really good did you hear it no I'm just, he's like what you, i am the law it was actually really good i'll got i gotta play it now i am the law <laughs> you know, that movie actually is pretty good until it turns into a buddy cop, I'm a clone, the evil clone brother is... I'm up in... For the first 30 minutes or so, it's not... I always, what I always say about yeah. that movie is, for all its faults, and there are many... It looks amazing. The, the, the costumes, the bikes, the, the Mega City 1 itself, all looks fantastic. And if you it can is. cross that somehow with... Um, uh, what's his name's one? Um, what's his name? I can't remember his name either. Yeah, right. uh, oh, Bones. Carl, Carl uh, Urban. Carl yes. Urban. Carl Urban. Yeah, oh, yeah. Carl Urban, the actor. Uh, yeah, if you could somehow uh, cross that with his... Yeah, with that... You know, yeah. the, the visuals of that... Right. With the, with the sort of acting and scripting and everything of that... that right. That would be amazing. Well, so here's, here's the weird thing, and, and we can talk Judge Dredd... And, and still be related to role-playing games because <clears throat> there's a Judge Dredd based on Woin, what's old is new, uh, which is spectacular. I backed it. Dude, that GM screen is like Fort Knox. I love that freaking thing. Uh, but uh, I- anyway, so if you're going to want to run into Judge Dredd game, if you if you want to get into the tone, uh, it's it's not completely heavy, grindy, you know, grim oppressiveness and it's not, uh, on the other hand, uh, a buddy cop movie where the guy's dealing with his daddy issues. It's it's grim with a lot of satire in it, right? Yeah, it's high yeah. satire. Yeah. It's, it, it's British satire in American culture. And that is what is missing from Carl Urban's Dread. Great movie. Fantastic movie. But I didn't pick up on a satire vibe there. There was no humor to it. Yeah, right, at all. But, yeah. but, you know, that's okay. Not every yeah. Just Dread strip is, is funny. Well, yeah, you know, it's, like 2000 AD is kind of, I don't know, like, you know, like in Star Trek, you can have an episode which is light and humorous, then you can have an episode which is a socio-political commentary, then you can have one that's just yeah. action and one that's a bit of a horror. It's like that, you know, you can have totally different genres within the same within the same con- comic strip. And you can yeah. say the same about the, the 
films. Right. Yeah, the first film held a really v- very specific place in film pop culture history at this point in time, as it was the last gasp of the 90s style A action movie and B comic book movie, even more so than the later Schumacher Batman movies. And that it was the, it was the last of the ones that was kind of over the top, not trying to remotely take itself seriously in terms of how it approached the setting. It was going for style over substance. Mm. Right. In a lot of the, in a lot of ways. Well, it, I give it, I will give it this. Uh, I'll never take away that it looks amazing. They, Mm. they nailed what it should look like. You know, and and when Stallone first shows up, he's being Judge Dredd. He's like, I'm the law. And yeah. yeah. And, and, and he's like, you were in that apartment. Yeah, it was my apartment, but they took it over. It doesn't matter. You were in there. You know, you're going back to prison. Uh, but then it's like, you know, it turns into the whole, you know, the system is corrupt and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It stops being a Judge Dredd movie. At that point. So, so speaking of licensing, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I let, let me let me ask you a question. Uh, for people who may be interested in the licensing things and doing their own stuff or whatever. So you got the license for uh, Judge Dredd from 2000 AD. Uh, one, how hard was that? And two, what is have they been happy with it since it came out? Like, how does that kind of stuff work? Uh, so what happened was uh, Angus Abramson, who's a friend of mine. He lives here in Southampton and also um, used to work for me. Um, he used he was a co-founder of Cubicle Seven. So Cubicle Seven produces the uh, Doctor Who RPG, the One Ring, right. all that stuff, right? So, which I'm uh, sure will be absorbed by Modifius by tomorrow. But anyway, <laughs> well, uh, he left Cubicle Seven many many years ago, right? And it's gone on to do amazing things. But um, so when you know when he left, it was much smaller. But at the time when he left, it was owned by Rebellion, who owned 2000 AD. So he literally worked in the same office. I mean, it's a bit, I say office, building, as, as, as Rebellion. So uh, when we were chatting about what license we were going to go after, uh, Just Red came up as one of the sort of, you know, top ones that we really wanted to get into, partly because it was British, uh, partly because we were both fans of it, um, uh, and partly because the scope of 2000 AD was so wide that it would allow you to do so many different things. So we are going like, well, you know, Let's, let's just pop up to Oxford and ask them because Angus knows them. Right. Uh, so we did that. We did, that's exactly what we did. Uh, drove up to Oxford, uh, you know. Uh, now, went was this see- an, what, did you call and set an appointment or did you just yeah, show yeah, up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you didn't just yeah. show up and like, hey. <laughs> well, well, I, I kind of get the impression that even if, you know, yeah. even if we had done this, you know, Angus knew them. He's, right. He was on first time, you know. Okay. Uh, you know. So uh, <laughs> we, we gave this pitch to them. And uh, I was I was quite nervous the entire way through because I didn't know these guys. So you didn't just walk in and say, "I am the law. <laughs> Give me a contract." Yes, yes let's train that. Yeah. Is what I did. My, my barrister is <laughs> waiting to approve it. You say barrister? I don't know. Uh, bar- barrister? No, barrister is okay. a different thing. Barrister, okay. barrister is a, a trial lawyer. Solicitor is um, yeah, is more of the legal term. What, like what legal. he said. What he said. Yeah. Do Do any of them still still wear white wigs? Barristers. Barristers, yeah. Barristers? The Barrister yeah. Bears? Anyway, go ahead. Uh, where was it? Anyway, so yeah, did, did, we did this whole pitch. The pitch takes, what, half an hour or so, and I was nervous the entire time. And right at the end of it, um, they said, uh, yeah, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. No, it, was, no, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite yeah. like that. I mean, but, you know, they, yeah. they, they, they said, look, um, yeah, um, that sounds good to us. Uh, we've been looking for someone. Um, you know, they one, one thing that companies like that do, and this is why you'll see, like, uh, Star Wars has, you know, a role-playing game and a board game and pillowcases and all this sort of stuff. They like to have a big, wide portfolio of stuff. Mm-hmm. So even if a given thing, and to Rebellion, the amount of money the Treasure Red RPG is making is, you know, it's nothing. It's, right. it's not about, it's, it's, it's not the money. It's, I, I mean, I'm talking for them, obviously, but on this sense, so I might be wrong. But um, they have a big, wide portfolio of stuff. And it's generally, you know, getting getting the brand out there. It's a branding mm-hmm. a branding exercise. So, um, yeah. so I'm, with, so with somebody end, else paying you to do all the work to brand for yeah. you. Yeah. So, so okay. at one end, yeah. on the small end, they'll have like this this little RPG that I'm producing. Uh, at the big end, they've got that, I don't know, that, uh, um, what's the TV show? Mega City Mega TV City show One. they're making. There's the Mega City Whoa. One TV show. There's the yeah. um, Rogue Trooper movie that's coming out and next the year or the year after. So that's, that's, that's the opposite end of the scale to what I'm uh, doing, I heard, but, I heard there's a new video game coming out based off, I can't remember which property from 2018. I want I want something based on that. Uh, Morris, when you came on on my show, you you were telling me about there's some sort of magician or warlock. He sounded really fun. Uh, Nemesis the warlock. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Nemesis the warlock. I totally yeah, yeah, yeah. want. Yeah, I want. What's the name of your uh, wizard on the podcast? That's always like. I guess I'll put Morris in a box. I love his gurgling. Who's that guy? <laughs> uh, that that will be my brother. Okay. Well, what's the name of the character? I forget. But the character he's playing is Malak the Maleficent. I want a Malak Nemesis cage match throwdown, (laughs) and they can only use magic missile. Interesting. And uh, what's the cantrip that you can use to like clean yourself off or whatever? Prestidigitation. Yeah, they can only use prestidigitation. I can't say that word. Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation. Yeah. They can only use prestidigitation. Charm self and uh, somewhat, charm self. yeah, and and somewhat, <laughs> That's somewhat, a yeah, charm self, charm self, <laughs> and 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 somewhat magic, uh, badminton shuttlecock, and that's that's all they can use. That that is a sketch. It there must happen. It must there we happen. go. Anyway, let's do the news. Let's do the news. The news. We are, we are now two hours and a quarter in. <laughs> It's, and well, we haven't started yet. <laughs> we have. We just have it. I, I think. I think this show is going to go in reverse order by the time it's edited. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I have no problem with the idea of episode number fifty being like seven hours long. Just some ridiculous, <laughs> just, a, just a joke, and it's like, oh, let's well, do it or don't. And, and, and literally, no, I'm kidding. You're showing uh, Peter's value on you guys's chemistry because. He's obviously the one that keeps everything in check because we're Peter, like, la, la, la. Peter wants Peter wants our show to be under half an hour. You're kidding. Yeah. I, yeah. I Well he has I to lot, travel to get there, right? Well there's that. But yeah. I, I, I listen to I listen to quite a lot of podcasts and most of the ones I like the most are about an hour. About an hour, yeah. Um, you know, that that works for me. I mean I walk a lot though. I walk I walk the dog a lot and um that's forty five minutes to an hour at a time. So Maybe that maybe that factors into it, but things that are just twenty minutes long or half an hour long, I kind of tend to skip them, right? Just because they're not going to last long enough for what I'm doing, right? Yeah, you got to wait, got to wait once a month and play through a playlist of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and when, when this is a topical thing, if, if you got an, if you got a news show, you can't, you don't, you don't have the sort of back 
back listening element that some other shows might have. Right. Because it's topical. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that's that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's the. But your show, I think, is somewhat protected against that because only a portion of it is topical. Mm. Mm. Right. So, That's what I hope, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and if you're talking about topical stuff, if you're engaging, it can still be worth you know listening to. I yeah. will say, uh, and I think you you disabused me of this notion, or maybe Peter did on Discord. Uh, when you and Peter started coming out the gate, I thought y'all were longtime friends. You know, the way you were playing off each other and, and you know, insulting each other in a friendly way, like friends do. And uh, you're like, no, we just, we've only known each other like a year or two. That, that really yeah, surprised yeah. me. Yeah, y'all have good chemistry. So, anyway, the news. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do the news. Okay, where are we in the news? <sighs> <laughs> if only there were I ha- if, if only I there were up some stuff so I might be able to pad things out a bit. All if right. only there were an online website there that is. had RPG news on it. Right. Are you ready? Yes. News item number 1 of 1. No, number 1. Yeah. <laughs> number 1 of less than zero. Yeah. Uh, number one of certainly a number that you can count on your hand. Well, just apply your uh, Kickstarter scoring and you can be at one of negative 17. Exactly. Know. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. There we go. Right. Grimmer Space. Do you guys remember Grimmer Space? Yes. In that fact, is I'm- the sci-fi horror setting for Starfinder that is being co-designed along with um, uh, Lord of the Rings star and longtime actor uh, Sean Astin. Correct. Yes. From Goonies. He's, you may know him from Goonies. You may know him from Lord of the Rings. You may know him from uh, Harrison Bergeron. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Season two, I, I, I just, believe. I just always like to throw out Harrison Bergeron because no one seems to remember familiar. that movie. I am not. I, that it movie sounds was wonderful a, to say. It was a direct-to-DV. It was a direct-to-VHS movie back in the 90s that he did. It was one of his first adult acting roles. And he was actually pretty good in it and it's kind of a really low budget 90s sci-fi kind of thing where it's almost present day because they couldn't afford sci-fi budgets but it's actually kind of mm. cool uh, anyway talk, talking of grimmer space yes <laughs> as we kind of as we're supposed to be <laughs> yeah. um so uh the uh the kickstarter has launched yas uh, so Grimmer Space, as you said, was the uh, Starfinder compatible horror sci-fi setting by Sean Astin and others. That's mature. I think they're pretty clear to say this is like mature. This is pretty gory, intense stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, um, what one interesting thing about this? There's a there's a, a free adventure you can download already. It's called Abattoir uh, Eight, which I think mm-hmm. we mentioned on the podcast before. Uh, yes. But the person who wrote that. Uh, is a a man called Richard Pett. And he was also the author of The Styes, which is, in my opinion, by far the best of the adventures in Ghosts of Saltmarsh. Yeah, that sounded crazy. Some sort of dead whale suspended over sludge or something. There was all kinds of crazy stuff in that that you were explaining. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a bit Cthulhu-esque, a little bit horror, a little bit... It's, it's, it's gritty. Very, it's it is a very, very, very dead space for any video game fans out there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Okay, so Abattoir 8. If I remember right, Abattoir or Abattoir, that's a slaughterhouse, right? Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I was wondering, okay, so one of Kurt Vonnegut's famous novels is <clears throat> Slaughterhouse 5. So I wonder if that's a play on 
you know, Probably. with Abattoir 8. It but is, it is exactly that. And I think okay. I've, see, I've seen that actually quoted as an inspiration at some point. Okay, cool. I'm fairly well, I, sure I have, yeah. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just <coughs> pondering that the other day. So I actually downloaded this adventure and oh, yeah. stuck it in and stuck it into my, um, you know, uh, folder full of stuff from Drive Through RPG. Uh, and, and it's interesting. It's already had an update. I've already had a, a notification. I'm not sure what the update is uh, to go download. But if you want, I can open it up real quick and just take a look at it. I don't know if we have time to do that or not. Yeah, so right. that's what, yeah. But one thing I'll All say right. about that's, the, what, that's what that's what editing is for. All right. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, one thing I'll say about the yeah. the Kickstarter itself is there's aside from if you're not really interested in the game so much because you're not into the like dark sci-fi kind of stuff the sci-fi horror there's a lot of stuff in there that's actually really cool like there's a 60 page hardcover lay flat battle map book that's full of uh like sci-fi like landing pads and offices and asteroid fields and stuff that's just just this big hardcover book that you lay flat and each one has its own uh grip map with grids on it and then there's also these little stick and peel little stickers that you can put on a vinyl play mat for like uh, ooze and blood splatters and stuff like that. You can also so, get the Starfinder box set with ooh, with ooh. this. So they've, they've teamed up with Pezo for this too. Yes. Uh, so in the, and, and so just, so this is a expansion or setting for Starfinder specifically. Correct. Yes. yes. Okay. So it's not multi-system. It yeah. is Pezo's or Pizo's Starfinder, uh, and then and then this extends that so yeah. it's you can't play it on its own right like you have to have starfinder yeah, it's, a, it's a setting look. yeah yeah okay. so, so so what it is it's like uh this the setting is a sort of grim sci-fi universe without magic in it and the the sort of events that are going on in this are the this is where this advanced scientific civilization first encounters magic ooh and I this like mag- that. this magic doesn't take a very friendly form is it is it one of those kind of magics that it it that require you know it costs something to use or you know it's not just a friendly easy to use magic or something that much that much I don't know that's that's right. more that's, that's above my pay grade that's more than I know but it's you know the ma- magic in it has a sort of darker element it's the it's the bad side of stuff so you're only cleared for abattoir six yes right you've yeah. got full clearance up uh, to abattoir six yeah okay. yeah. yeah. I managed yeah. to sneak into Abattoir 7 one time, and oh my god, you do not want to do that. Well, that, I, yeah, I heard that Peter did that once. <laughs> you were going to go to the same time. <laughs> In fact, Peter was going to do that, uh, I think, to prep for today's podcast. So was he successful? Well, the, the problem is Peter did did indeed uh, sneak into Abattoir, um, Abattoir 7. Yeah, with with uh, a, what level clearance is he? I mean, what what badge was he well, trying to he's, use? He's he's only cleared up to abattoir four. Oh man, yeah. Oh, yeah. this can't be good. Yeah, I've got abattoir. Is it abattoir? 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 I don't know. Abattoir, I guess. Well, I, I, I don't know how you colonialists say it, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, degenerate. <laughs> uh, abattoir yeah. is how I would yeah. say it. Yeah. Uh, so abattoir. Yeah. So I've got. Can I share a screen with Skype? Do you want me to share? A, I don't even know if that's possible. So. I don't know. Okay, so I'm looking through it right now. Uh, you know, the, the front, uh, the, the cover art is successful, and it lets you know right off what you're getting into. It, it looks like you're basically getting into a Saw movie in space. Is that the one with the uh, big ogre thing with the yeah, chainsaw yeah. for a hand? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah and, it, and it has a, a, on page two, 
It says intensity. Grimmer Space is a game of sci-fi horror that features elements of intense violence, blood, and gore. It is recommended mm. for mature readers and players. Uh, and then it it starts with a brief word. The art in here is great. Uh, you know, they're they're showing sort of a Milky Way galaxy on its side, and it's just it's really pretty. Um, I think this is a really important thing for Starfinder. Yeah, because Starfinder is basically it's D and D in space, isn't it? You've That's got, how everyone describes it. You've got elves it, yeah. and orcs, and yeah. they're doing magic missiles and they're and laser guns and all this sort of stuff. Um, but what what this has done is taken Starfinder, and I think it's probably the first time. There might be smaller things that have happened since uh, before, but this is the first time they've taken Starfinder and done a slightly different genre with it. That's not just D and D in space because D and D in space doesn't appeal to me particularly. It doesn't you know, mean it's, either. It's, it's not. It, it's you know. It's, it's not really my bag. But you know, I'm. I'm a, I've always been a big fan of um, Paisley's Wall Systems, and if they can apply that to a darker setting, like Grimmer Space, right? I'm. I'm. I think I'm in. I think you know. I'm, yeah. I'm going to buy into that. I. I think it's good. Like I personally am probably not interested in this, but I agree that. Uh, you know, if you if you give people a good choice, wide range of choices of the way to use a system uh, in a way that's not just you're spamming crap out for a quick buck, you mm. know, but it, it's actually well done and and it gives people choice. Then then yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I think this is important because it shows that Starfinder isn't just that. It shows right. that Starfinder is can be a universal sci-fi rule system. And if you're like me, you almost never run anything in any campaign setting straight anyway. So I yeah. just rip bits and pieces out of the Starfinder default setting and out of this to make my own setting. Yeah. And it's that's one thing, I, one thing I was really a- wanting was a, a less fantasy oriented yeah, yeah. version of Starfinder. So yeah, it's a big, it's a big demo for what Starfinder can do. It's, a, it's right. an example. It's a, it's almost an ad, I suppose, in a way. Not, it's not an ad because it's not by Pezo, but do you know what I mean? It's for that. Yeah. It's a uh, proof of concept in a yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, a, you know, it, sh- it shows oh. you that Starfinder is bigger than you think it is. Well, Daryl, I can tell you right now, Morris is going to be sold. You ready for this? Hmm. Starting on page nine, there's a random table of rumors about Avatar Eight. Anybody? Yeah. anybody want to? Anybody want to randomly pick a rumor between yeah, one I'm going to roll and, my dice. Okay. Uh, a D twenty or a, a, a D twenty or a D eight. Ah, uh, one, two, three. A D8 will work. A D8. Yeah, D8. Okay, I'm going to roll this invisible D8. Okay. And I have rolled nine. Okay, your rumor is Avatar 8 is an orbital meat packing and shipping plant that processes thunk, a meat named for the dense ungulates from which it is sliced, and then ships it off to colonies, i.e. degenerate Americans, and space stations. Very That's nice. your rumor. So this is interesting. This is a random table. Oh, no. You know, actually, it's not random. The rumor you get is based on a difficulty check. So difficulty 5, 10, 15, or 20 give you uh, different levels of, ah. of rumors. So that's it. So it's information gathering. Uh, mm. But it looks like a random table. You could use it that way if you wanted. It's laid out really nice. Uh, the, the design layout's good. I see pro tips in here where they're saying, okay, here's... Here's kind of how this monster works or how this mechanic works. Uh, and it looks like this is the first. There's an adventure of which Avatar 8 is the first part. And then yeah. there'll, there's the second adventure. So, that, so yeah, Avatar so. 8 has been about for, I don't know, a month now, 
They released it as a promo month, month piece and a half. About, about a month ago. A month and a half, yeah. Um, so uh, the news item in question here, of course, is that Grimmer Space itself has... Uh, the Kickstarter has launched. So Grimmer Space is the setting. And Abattoir 8 was the promo adventure they released a month and a half ago. Um, so this... Uh, yeah, there's some really disturbing art in here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, <laughs> just, it's yeah. not it's yeah. it's not for the faint-hearted. Um, it's it's doing all right actually. It's uh, it's uh, oh, that's in pounds. So I'm going to convert that to dollars. That's sixty-two thousand dollars. It's made so far. Twenty-eight days yep. to go on the Kickstarter. What was their goal? Uh, so like ten, goal? I think something that oh, so they're, ten. They're, they're good. Do you, yeah. Do you think you know you've you've run a few Kickstarters, Morris? Uh, it seems like a lot of these Kickstarters are just rip-roaring. Do you think they're specifically on purpose setting a goal lower than what they need so they can say, look, we blew through our goal in 24 hours, and now we're 300%. Because yeah. a lot of these goals yes, seem pretty low. Of course low. they are. That's yeah. the, okay. the Kickstarter playbook 101. Of course it is. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, part of that. And another part of it is you want to set your you goal wanna, you the bare the minimum. Day. Yeah, you're, that, and you also want to set your goal at the bare minimum you need to actually produce the product. But you also don't want to set it too low so it looks like you're putting out something cheap if, even if they could have put it out for five hundred dollars they still would have bumped it up to a couple thousand so is there any vetting like does kickstarter look you say our you know we need twelve thousand to make or do they just take your word for it if you fill in all the right form components or yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah all right kickstarter has no insight into your financials whatsoever yeah it's okay. on it's on you and then kickstarter terms of service can kick in as an arbitrator if there's a dispute nope. after the Kickstarter's done. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because there's so many Kickstarters, it would be hard to oversee. I didn't know if maybe if it was above a certain level that they would take a look. But and and the the logos I'm seeing on this are Iron GM Games, Starfinder, of course, and then Modifius. Yeah. So yeah. Modifius, the company that produces every role playing game ever to have existed and that ever will exist. Nice. Uh yeah. Honestly, the yeah. amount of stuff that Modifius is now putting out now is just everything yeah well you know we we i i I talked with you a little bit about i was planning to do an onion but for tabletop rpgs and Mm. call it like the fumble or something Mm. if i if that comes off the ground my first my first article is going to be modifius uh acquires modifius and Mm. and, then that's going to be the very first one so (laughs) yeah do you know what (laughs) yeah we we do we we have to talk about this we do i i I, I, am Sorry, I know you mentioned it to me, and I kind of, uh, I was like... Yeah, no, 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 go ahead, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. That sounds really fun. And Modifius acquires Modifius is definitely... Yeah, that'll be the first post in the in the satirical The Fumble, which is the onion for uh, tabletop RPGs. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. My question in all of this, Sean Astin's involved. There was another celebrity who was involved and then kind of no longer is yeah originally wesley what? snipes was supposed to be involved in this uh what had happened according to what one of the designers from iron gm games posted on ian world was that they had initial contact with him and when it came time to actually sign the contract they sent it over his people and never heard anything and they kept holding oh. off and holding off and holding off and kept hey are you gonna sign the contract that we sent you they never got it back they never heard a word from him and at some point they had to say listen we got to go yeah, without him yeah, he's not attached. Yeah, so yeah. so they so they just moved forward, but also they said that delay gave them time to actually refine what they were doing a lot more. So yeah, well, I'm sorry that Wesley's not involved. I'm sure he would have there's been. This, there's this know, weird thing about how he insisted on being called Doctor Wesley Snipes as well. Doctor, 
Well, he would have, I mean, he would have brought a sharp blade to the project, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and I'm not trying to snipe at this project, but I'm curious what, what does Sean Astin and what, what were, are they just bringing name recognition? Are they actually contributing? I can't, what, I what don't is, know. I, I, don't know. I mean, uh, what are they bringing to the table on this? Basically, from what I understand is, uh, Sean Astin's role is, uh, would be kind of like what a story consultant would be on for something like a television show where he's giving them ideas and then they're refining it into the game itself and they're kind of translating his ideas into game terms. So he comes in and he goes, guys, bear with me. I'm just spitballing here. We're going to run up the flagpole and see who salutes. And he's just writing that, ideas on a whiteboard. That is my impression of it. I can't say 100% for sure, okay. but that's the way it seems to be coming across to me. Is he's working on more of this. He's, okay, I've got this idea for an adventure or this idea for a monster. Hmm. So he's, Okay, but can we be honest that he's really there for name recognition? I mean, I... I Probably, I, yeah. I, I can't I can't imagine that his creative idea. I'm not dismissing the guy. I, I like what I know about him. And he's a, I like it. You know, he's Sam Wise Gamgee. Not well, I'm with you, Mr. Frodo and all do you that. Know, and, I, do you know yeah. I'm related to a hobbit? A real hobbit? A real hobbit. One of the a real hob- hobbits. Dominic uh, yeah, Monaghan. Oh, is he the one that also went on to be on Lost? Which one yep. is yes, Dominic? That's, the that's one. Dominic. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I say related. I'm slightly lying. So my brother's wife <laughs> is t- his cousin. <laughs> You're legally related. Does, You're that, technically does, that, related. does that make me related or not? I probably doesn't, well, does. Well, if enough people die, you have some sort of claim <laughs> as inheritance. Yeah, uh, I've, had, I've met him once at my brother's wedding. Okay, that's basically you know that- it. That would be so hard to be a celebrity and you're just trying to, I'm just trying to go to my, a wedding and everyone's like, it's Pippin or Mary. Or, you, you know, know that would most be of the people at that wedding probably would have had no idea. Who no Pippin idea. Or Mary he, <laughs> he, he probably loved that. I will say. I'm really, though, sure, I'm really sure my grandma literally has the, no yeah, idea what the Hobbit is. She's like, I've got to get his autograph. You know, like, <laughs> you know, who, who knows? Anyway. Uh, so I will say though, they, in the, in the, in the Lord of the Rings movies, they nailed the Hobbits so. Well, yeah. I mean, I, wow. Uh, you know, and of course, in the extended versions, you get all the extra stuff with Merry and Pippin drinking the magic water and burping and getting taller and all that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, hey, is that, is that pipe weed from the Shire? Good old Shire pipe weed. So, um, all right. I, anyway, I, again, I probably wouldn't play Grimmer Space even as a one shot. I do a lot of stuff as a one shot, but it looks like a nice product. Hmm. I think I'm going to back the Kickstarter. Are you? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like I said, I, yeah. It, it, the setting itself may not be for me, but there's so much stuff that looks like it's in it that I want to steal for stuff I want to do. Well, mm-hmm. I'm surprised Morris didn't melt down over the book of maps that you open up, because that's kind of like up your alley, isn't it? Don't you love that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That yeah. sounds almost yeah. exactly like the book of battle maps that I have. The one that I, opens yeah. up I, I, think, I think the only difference is the one you've got is uh, spiral bound. Is yeah. that right? And yeah. this one's per- this one's perfect bound with this specific binding that lets it lay flat. Yeah. Wasn't there a company that mailed you something because you bragged on their product and yeah. all of a sudden it showed up? Yeah, the giant uh giant book yep. of battle maps. Is that the yeah. name of the company? Yeah. The line? Loki or Loke L O K E. I don't know how you pronounce yeah. it. Uh yeah. Right, should we do the next news item? So, uh Critical Roles Matt Mercer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I teamed up with TV Stephen Colbert. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yes, Colbert. 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 I've never seen any of his television programs, but people have 
lecture to be at length about what they are since I posted this article. So now, now mm-hmm. I've uh, I've had this information he, he plays enforced a, a upon f- me in great detail. Um, so he he's does a genius of, of playing a fake conservative commentator. So he does a couple of chat shows it. and stuff. Is that what it is? Or? Well, no, he, he started off doing a uh, follow-up show to... They had The Daily Show, and then The Colbert Report would come on afterwards. And it was a parody of uh, the kind of like Fox News conservative talk show pundit type shows. And that's what his thing was for a long time. And he has now taken over, uh, believe the late show, which was used to be David Letterman's show. And he's now the host of that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, it's just a late night talk show. Yeah. yeah, So, but he loves D and D. One time he gave a tribute to his dice on his show. Yes. So he's teamed up with Matt Mercer uh, for Mm. red nose day, which I didn't realize you guys had over there. Yep. Um, it's it's been yeah. a telethon event here since the eighties. It's been a big, big thing since the eighties. Happens every year. And it's pa- much bigger in the in the UK. Yeah. It's just now kind of coming around here. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's basically for uh, kids in poverty. Um, a charity telethon thing. So uh, for to to raise money for uh, Red Nose Day 2019, we've got Matt Mercer and we've got Stephen Colbert. Bear. Bear. Yes. Bear. 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 Yeah. Colbert. Colbert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Really, uh, you should say it, Colbert, but part of the joke is he's like, I'm Stephen Colbert. So, anyway. I will say it however he wants. Colbert. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so they do this one-on-one D&D game. It's only about uh, 45 minutes long when you take out the sort of start and the end. There's about 45 minutes of gaming in there. It's pretty short, but it is great fun. And what I really liked about this, because I watched it last night, is uh, Stephen Colbert... Bet. Colbert. Um, Colbert. If he ever listens to this, he'll hate me, but... <laughs> oh, he'll appreciate like it. <laughs> he's, he's a sarcastic comedian. He'll appreciate it. Um, where was I? What was I talking about? Yes. Um, yeah, he... he, he I, he's either the best actor I've ever seen in my entire life, or he really, really, really enjoyed himself. He really, 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 really enjoyed himself. And when, when uh, you yeah. see someone enjoying themselves, it's infectious. And you can't yeah. help but enjoy watching them enjoy it. Yeah, yeah you, no, you, he's, he's great. Yeah, if you ever want to see Stephen Colbert at his... He is having fun on TV, and you can see the producers off camera just rolling their eyes. Go back and look for him, uh, clips of him talking about Dungeons & Dragons or Lord of the Rings, either one, because mm-hmm. he is a Tolkien lore master. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to have... He's um, a true geek. Yeah, he has had um, James Franco and he had a rivalry going on, going on about four different guest appearances over James Franco trying to trip Stephen Colbert up on Lord of the Rings trivia. And then yeah. Stephen Colbert would always come back and say, oh, do, when you're talking about this, do you mean this, 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 this? And you can like list off all the different, um, yeah, I don't yeah. even, I don't even know. I don't know that much about all the different angels and everything else and go way deep into the Similarian lore and. Well, now he, the interesting thing on this was the way it raised money for Red Nose Day. Didn't people vote on yes, what kind of character it. he would get? Yes. And, and all, yeah. So, yeah. So, like his companion, for example, people got to sort of donate money and uh, vote on uh, what his companion was. His companion turned out to be a bee. Oh, what, 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 wait, wait. I thought, see, I thought Peter was off being his companion. So, where, where Origi- is, is, originally, obviously, yes. Originally, until until so the you, accident. Until the accident, yeah. did that was that with the bee? Did the bee take him out so the bee could be the companion? Or? Yeah. So yeah. So Peter was yeah. Uh, no, he made one of his uh, regular trips over to New York to appear on yeah. the uh, 
Yeah, Col- in one stride. The Colbert. That's the kind of man he show. is. Yeah. Well, yeah. burr. Yeah. Uh, so, so Peter was over there, and of course, Peter was going to be the companion um, because if you were going to have a companion on a sort of late night American TV show, who would you? You know, why wouldn't you choose Peter? Right. Obviously, he's right. he's the go to choice. Right. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Yeah. So, but so was there? That was this like a man- that international man of mystery? Is uh, is, 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 you know, he's is, is, is the number one choice without a doubt. So, uh, of course, he was going to appear on it. <laughs> and then, uh, so was this like a Nancy Kerrigan situation? Did the bee pay somebody to take him out? Or, I mean, what happened? Well, was there a sting? You know, they say, yeah, something, something I need to tell you about bees. <laughs> <laughs> you is might not get kick? this, right? They have like this inbuilt weapon that sticks <laughs> out of their ass. Arse? Out of oh, their arse? Um, yeah, uh, they can literally uh, reverse into you. Yeah? But first... <laughs> no, shut up. I know, it's amazing. You're making I this know, up. I know, I know. No, it's true, it's totally true. And these bees have did this, like, inbuilt natural weaponry. Uh, so what happened was this, bill, this bee <laughs> sort of reversed into him, but first... <laughs> did it give him the hives? <laughs> Gave him something, I'll tell you that. <laughs> if you think, well, if you think, that, if you think that's crazy, you should try tasting their vomit sometime. It is delicious. Oh, well, yeah, royal jelly. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I've actually been thinking about keeping bees uh, for the honey because it, where I live, the city limits, as long as your neighbors sign off on it, then it's okay. And I've really seriously thought about I thought about. I thought about keeping one bee. <laughs> one bee. <laughs> You know, why not? So I'm actually I'm actually getting a text from Peter and it says, you know, to be fair, truth be told, once everything is said and done, that uh, that that B did did a pretty great job, uh, maybe even better than he would have done. So he's not too stung about the whole situation. <laughs> Peter's such a gracious guy. Yeah. However, I mentioned I hate you. <laughs> I love it so much that we make your tears. So, uh, but one one more thing I'll say about Stephen Colbert, Colbert, whatever. Colbert. And I th- is that not a stage name, Daryl? That's not his real name, is it? Uh, I would have to look it up. But he's been using that name since he was doing stand-up comedy. Okay. So, well, they do- there's a couple of different things uh, now. Like ten years ago, before D and D was hip and cool in mainstream culture. He gave a he gave a uh, tribute to his D and D dice, mm-hmm. and then put them in a and put them in his Hall of Fame on his bookshelf. So he's legit. Uh, but but Stephen Colbert is also the show where Joe. I never man I can't say it I know what you mean, but I can't the, say the the big good looking guy who's getting rich, and we're all jealous of him. Uh, so uh, he that's the show. Where Joe rolled a natural twenty when they were talking about the death saves, uh, whatever, and they rolled a d twenty and it was a natural twenty and it, and it kind of got in the news. I think you guys even covered it. it Joe Mangiello. Yeah, he's a he's a big beefy burrito of manhood mm-hmm. there, and and he's 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 repping D and D pretty well. Oh, and I have yep. looked up his I, real name is Stephen Tyrone Colbert. There you go. I think you should just go by Tyrone. Ty tonight on Ty. I I, w- I would. Well, no, I wouldn't do that. If I was, if I was him, they, I would change his middle name to Tyrion. Tyrion. Stephen Tyrion. How about tyranny? <laughs> Tyrannus. Anyway, so you, you've seen the video with Colbert, and, and it was pretty good. I haven't watched it yet. It's, I, I really recommend it. 
It's it's just one on one. It's just the two of them. But oh my god, he's so he, he's so pleased to be there. Either that yeah. or he's the best actor in the world. But he seems so pleased to be there, and his eyes just light up. Do you know what I mean? It's it's infectious yeah. how much he's enjoying himself. Yeah. What? Well, oh my goodness! I'm watching the video, and there, there's some curtains. And the curtains just moved aside, and I can see Peter staring out. And he's sort of glaring at the bee. <laughs> well. Another thing I like about this video is it highlights you can do duet play, and it can be fun. Uh, you know, because more and more products are coming out now that are either duet play or can be adapted for duet play. And duet play means you have a DM and a player, and that's mm. it, or a GM and a player, and that's it. And that's how I did a lot of my role-playing growing up. Mm. Uh, you know, sometimes we had a group. Sometimes it was just me and my buddy. And sometimes I play two characters or whatever. But you can have a lot of fun in duet play. You don't, you know, a lot of people are like, I can't play D&D because I don't have a group. Well, just grab one person, and you can have a good time. Mm. Right, we've got more news. Mm-hmm. News! We have more news. We haven't got a lot more news, but we do have more news. Um, so, Tiamat and Venger. They appeared. They- so, do you, do you, last week we mentioned this uh, Renault commercial for D&D. Uh, well, Renault, com- Renault commercial, which featured the characters of the D&D cartoon show from the 80s. Yeah. Did that sentence even make sense? I'm just like cramming all these different words into one sentence and I lost track. It's a, it's a Brazilian <laughs> It's a Brazilian car type of car like an suv in brazil renault's a a french uh, car company uh well the commercial's from brazil brazilian Brazilian advert yeah Um, and and for us degenerate dirty uh colonizing uh yanks uh it's you're probably pronounce it renault that's how you probably we don't say that we don't talk about the car often but if you see an ad we probably think renault maybe you do I just I'm clarifying for the one American. How many do you have any idea of, of what your listenership is versus like UK versus America? Yeah, I haven't looked at it recently, but uh, there was a yeah, it was a good half was US, I think. All right. Yeah, so for us degenerates it's Renault. So, Renault. Yeah, we have Colbert, but we won't say Renault. <laughs> yeah. Uh so anyway, uh the full D&D Renault, Renault, Renault commercial is uh um so last week we mentioned there was like a teaser for it and some sort of posters showing each of the characters. The full commercial's out now and it's amazing. It 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 it's amazer beams. I mean it's it got kicks, it's got yeah. Tiamat in it. It's got yes. Venger or is it Venger? I can't remember. Venger. Is it Venger as in yeah. Avenger? Yeah, it, that makes sense. Yeah. They should make a car called the Renault Venger. Surely. They totally and it should have bat wings. Yeah. But yeah. um yeah, the, the the commercial is better than any D and D movie has ever been. It it by it, an order of uh, magnitude. All right, so I've been yapping a lot, and I tend to yap. I, I just want to shut up and let Daryl give his take, and then I'll give mine. It looks cool. I I, I, <laughs> I, I don't have the nostalgia for the D and D cartoon that a lot of people have because it didn't air here because I live in the Bible Belt. We didn't. They that that's devil stuff. So we I've seen a I've seen a couple of episodes since I own the DVD set. I've been meaning to do uh, like a detailed review on watching it as a almost forty year old watching it for the first time. I just haven't hey, gotten I got the, the time for bo- it. But I've got the box I'm set. I, ha- I have watched the first like th- three episodes, I think. But it, it, it was good. It, it looked cool for its time. But I, I I just don't have the big nostalgia for it. A lot of other people have that grew up with the show. So I'm I'm watching I, I, I'm watching this. I'm like that. Sure looks like a really cool fantasy 
thing that it yeah. reminds me a lot of like fan trailers people put together. Cool. Oh, it's, ouch! <laughs> well, I mean, I don't mean that. How do you really feel? No, 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 yeah, but it's D and D. I think it was. I don't well, think it was the same production company that was doing the art for it. But um, I have to well, look into and, that. But and, it, it, like I said, it, it, it the commercial. It looks like like the fan films people would make, like when their spare time, where they're trying to make like a effects demo reel or a stunt demo reel, and they put it online. And they're, they're, a lot of those are really really cool. And that's this is what that looked like to me. Harsh. Okay, that's a fair take. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's a harsh but fair. That's meant to be compliment. meant to be It's meant to be a compliment. It looks it looks good because a lot of those yeah. fan trailers look a hell of a lot better than the last three D and D movies did. Hmm. Yeah, I actually one of the topics I had suggested possibility for today was you know D and D movies completely awful or just kind of awful. Um, but you know, and of course the Dragon Lance, I, I do have respect for what Kiefer Sutherland did on the animated version, but. I, my take on, on this, um, as, as a fan of the D and D cartoon, uh, it, it came out in 81 and went off the, no, 83 and went off the air in 85. Yeah, 83 so I was to like 11. Yeah. I was like 11 to 13 and it would, I wouldn't watch it obsessively, even though I was a D and D fan, but I, if it was on and I happened to be in front of the TV, I'd watch it. And I loved the magical weapons and all that. It was a lot of fun. You got the premise immediately. They're lost in a whatever, and they're trying to get home. You know, I, it's interesting that, that they didn't air it where you're at, it. I guess, in Texas, because I'm in Little Rock. I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is part of the Bible Belt, or the, the buckle on the Bible Belt, and they showed it here, but, you know, I guess it's station to station or whatever, if somebody yeah. objected. There, there actually is an episode out there. Uh, you can go find screen caps where a spaceship shows up, and the the tail number on the spaceship looks a heck of a lot like 666. I remember a friend pointing <laughs> that out to me when I, I was like, what? And he was right. You know, I don't know if they did that just to troll people. But um, anyway, I thought the commercial looked freaking amazing. I, 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 too, I was yeah. like, yeah. yeah, I was like, and, and I thought it was uh, amazing. And one of the things that uh, that I guess I keep hearing is, you know, different countries and cultures will have, uh, love for pop culture that like maybe the country next door doesn't. Evidently, there's a lot of love, uh, in, in Brazil for this cartoon for whatever reason. That's what um, I heard too. Yeah. 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 I keep, I keep hearing that. It's interesting because when I lived in England, uh, in the early nineties, I would go into the shops and there'd be like, they were still selling like Thunderbirds toys and this and then, you know, you never saw that in America. So every, every country has different and they were still playing like ABBA in the, in the clubs, you know, so every, Every country has different pop culture loves, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. I thought this commercial looked freaking amazing. And one of the things I really liked about it is they left the costume and weapon designs exactly the same. They didn't try to update it. And it looked really good. The only thing that looked a little off was Hank's hair, right? Uh, it, that was the only thing that looked a little off. Everything else looked really good. I, I thought that at first, and then I went yeah. back and looked a bit more at some of the original stuff. And do you know what? His hair isn't... What? His hair's fine. It's, it, it a, lot, right? a lot yeah. of the time, it does look like that. Well, the casting and the costume and the makeup is spot on. I mean, it's like it's like they stepped right out of Cavalier. the cartoon. Eric the Cavalier yeah, Ca is the Eric best. the Cavalier. Absolutely perfect. 
the the only thing the commercial didn't get across is how much of a cowardly goober he yeah. is because they didn't have time. They just showed him using his shield, mm. which looked amazing. Was was Avenger attacking and he holds up his shield yeah, and yeah, yeah. gets the yeah. Uh, they even had Bobby yell for Uni, mm. which is a yeah, is a classic thing. Uni, Uni, yeah. yeah, Uni, come on. Uh, they fight Tiamat at the beginning. Tiamat looks freaking great, uh, and then Venger shows up, uh, and then now now Peter. Peter went off to be an extra in this commercial, right? And and wasn't he essentially Peter was, in the scene? Peter was playing uni. Was he? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because uh, that must... It, well, so he's playing uni, but there's a scene where they're driving, because Dungeon Master shows up mm. and gives them the Renault. So they all climb in the Renault and take off, and uh, and there's explosions, because... So I thought that... Peter was like an extra on the set where all the explosions were going on. Yeah, no, no, Peter. No, he's, oh, Peter, he's uni. Peter put on his unicorn costume. So, I mean, so you know, he, he wears it a lot, yeah. uh, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why yeah, they hired him. He had the costume ready, so right. And 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 so, uh, did he throw out his back, like spending so much time? Because I hear he's kind of laid up right now. Uh, Is that well? Yeah, I mean, as you can see, he's over there on the couch, and uh, they still haven't been able to surgically remove the unicorn horn from his forehead. Yeah. Oh. You know, you know, yeah. he's a method actor. Is Peter? He's um. <laughs> he doesn't do these things by halves. And when they yeah. said, "Yeah, you need a unicorn horn," Peter went the whole hog. You know, he had a surgery. He had a unicorn horn surgically added to his forehead. Wow, I've heard. I, I know one time he used a bone screw to screw one in, but this one he literally had su- surgically bonded mm, to his forehead. Exactly, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Now does it does it let him teleport, Peter? Can you? Because I got like blink one for yes, blink two for no. Can you teleport? I'm guessing not. Oh, I'm getting a text. He said that uh, he should have known better, but he got this horn from a dodgy. Uh, like back alley kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, it looks good, but I guess it doesn't teleport. So, anyway, I thought this looked fantastic. And this is where I'm going to admit my geekiness. Sometimes you just open up the robe and you, you admit how much of a massive geek you are. I was actually super happy and kind of cathartic to see them make it back to the carnival to make, or the amusement park, make it back home. I was like excited, like it really happened in the TV show. Didn't it? That, I, well, didn't that happen in the TV show? I, nope. I have no, this, they I have never this, made it home. But I have this memory of it happening in the TV show. Nope. That's your headcanon talking, my friend. No, it can't yeah. be. It can't be. Like, no, there was a, they never made there it home. Was I remember it. Script. I remember there, it. Well, there, was, there was a script nope. for a final episode that's included as an extra on the full box set DVD. It was never animated, never filmed, never voiced. But the script itself is actually pretty strong. Then why, why, why can I remember it then? Why, what, what's this thing? That it's, I- it's, it's, did you say Berenstain or Berenstein? What, what's your headcanon? Who? What? You know, uh, uh, the Berenstain or Berenstein bears. It's children's books. Like, there, there's these it's, things that everybody remembers one way, but they never actually happen. The Mandela effect. Like, yeah, the Mandela effect. So, uh, but in headcanon in geek culture is what, you know, when you're like, well, I watched that show and, and I hated how it turned out. So in my headcanon and at the end of Game of Thrones, what really happened is this. So people have their own headcanons, mm. but not headcanon like you blast a cannonball out of your head, but canon like C-A-N-O-N. So they never made it home, but I would, I would throw money at a Is there one where kids- they get home and then end up back in the D&D world the, again? Yes. They turn around and come back That's, because that, it's that like. That must be what I remember. Somebody needed help. Yeah. Uh, that must be it. That like they made it through the portal. They're you know 
they're looking at the uh, the amusement park. Yeah, yeah. I think some of them actually stepped through, but somebody but not behind them needed help. That, that and must so be they, yeah, yeah, that must be it. They turned around and ran back through. Yeah. Almost every episode, they came close to going home. Mm. Uh, right. I think we're pretty much done on the news as well, actually. So um, I've got a bit of news that I've dug up the last minute here. Uh, in preparation for the 20... Uh, was it the... Uh, that's the 25th, it's the 40th anniversary of the first alien the 25th, movie. 25th, yeah. Not the, tw- the 25th. The no. 25th was the 40th. Yeah, the 20, May the 25th was the 40th anniversary of the first alien movie. Right. And that is right. when, uh, Free League Publishing put up pre-orders for their uh, official alien role-playing game, uh, including details about the starter set they're going to be doing. Uh, it's called the Cinematic Starter Kit. Uh, it's going to be 128 pages, uh, includes the module Chariot of the Gods from novelist Andrew E.C. Gaska, uh, who's the setting writer and is a sci-fi novelist. There's also going to be like a, a free bonus gift one that's going to be available if you pre-order it from their website. But the full starter set's going to have, uh, dice, a big map of the, like, of space there, GM screen, um, and cards. I'm not exactly sure what all the different things are going to be for because I haven't seen it yet, but that's what they're showing on the big picture here. You know, I, I can see aliens being a, a kind of one shot type RPG, but I, I just have, I don't know. I, it just seems weird to me as a campaign. I think, but, the, problem you know, with, what do I know? I think the problem with aliens is the genre is survival horror and survival right. horror by definition is where most people die. That's, yeah. that's the point of survival horror. Uh, yeah. So, so that so, so the very setup doesn't lend itself to a campaign, does it? Aliens but does I, a little bit more, at least, because it's everyone more... everyone dies in that, too. Yeah, it's more action-oriented, but it's still survival horror. So speaking of aliens, you have a Woin uh, source book that's not aliens, but it may involve xenomorphs yes, or something. Yes, so do. how is that? What's the reception been on that? How's that done? Uh, so it's, it's one adventure. It's, it's not a yeah. it's not a campaign setting. Well, it is kind of a bit of a campaign setting, but like like we said earlier, it's survival horror that lends itself to one shots. So it's one adventure. Uh, it uses pregens, and there's something like ten or twelve pregens in there because the idea is you're not expected to survive. So if you have a group of four people or so, you can work your way through pregens. So as one dies, you just grab the next one. Oh, it's the engineer in the next room. Oh, it's this medic carrying behind this table. Or it's, you know, right. or, it's this, huh. or it's this bartender it almost, or, or whatever. It almost sounds like the funnels from Dungeon Call Classics a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could yeah. see that, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the idea is, you know, if anyone makes it off alive, it might be a couple of the characters and they're going to make it off the planet alive at the end. And that's that's it done. It's not. It's not. And then whatever. Yeah. 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 Whatever the equivalent of Waylon Utani yeah. is is because I mean basically the aliens in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you get into a fight with one, you're screwed. You really are completely yeah. screwed. As it should yeah. be. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, that's cool. Uh, speaking of uh, shooting from the hip, uh, how's Peter doing? Oh, did you not hear? No. What's where? I, I noticed he was over on the couch wearing some kind of weird, like white boot or something. Yeah. No. He's uh, he's been involved in a bit of an accident. That's why. That's why you haven't heard his voice this entire time. Oh no. I was. Yeah. I was disappointed that I didn't get a chance to talk with him. Uh, I'm hashtag team. Peter. Yeah. Well, he. Uh, well, he had an unfortunate encounter with the time vortex. Oh. I mean, we've all we've and, all had unfortunate encounters with the time vortex, of course. I mean, 
you know, it's a yeah, it's it's, it's understandable, but uh, no one told him that you're not supposed to go in head first. Oh, and nobody told him that the little the little spout thing was actually a bidet yeah. and don't touch yeah. it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm, new yeah. barra, mm. really. It's uh, yeah. You know, um, so d- did he get? Uh, did his all of his atoms get simultaneously turned inside out, and now various parts of his uh, body are aged differently? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's why he's okay. got that small yeah. baby head. See. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, see that. Yeah. But it's weird because one of his eyebrows is all crazy, like an old yeah, man's yeah, eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, really yeah. Apparently, apparently it'll wear off eventually. Yeah. But uh, for the for okay. the moment, all yeah. you can do is lie in the corner and go, wah wah wah. Yeah, wah. <laughs> well, Django seems disturbed. So yeah, right, Django. I don't know. Yeah. What's up? What do you want? He's just going in circles. Just going <laughs> yeah, in circles. He's giving you the look like idiot human. What? Question me not. I'm doing <laughs> circles. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, he's a good dog. Now is that? Uh, do you have any idea what the predominant breed of Django is? I know exactly what the exact breed of Django is. What is Django? He's a golden retriever. Ah. Although. Hello, Django. He has never retrieved anything in his entire life. <laughs> He's a dud, but we love him anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's in the name, Django. Retrieve. <laughs> yeah. You throw a stick, like, he'll run after the stick, he'll grab the stick, yeah. and he'll sit down and start eating it. <laughs> he's like, if you give me a second, I'm gonna I'm gonna retrieve the remains of my yeah. dinner into the air. And it's, it's yeah. not that great at the golden bit either, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of over. Yeah, with a splash of mud. Yeah. <laughs> poor Django. Yeah, poor Django. Okay, Tom, the diabolically possessed town crier is just ahead of you, right in front of the goods and sundries shop. His infernally empowered cry attacks have resulted in townsfolk lying dead on the cobblestones all around him. His sweet little daughter is holding your companion, Barak the fighter's hand, looking up at him with big doe eyes and pleading, Save me, Da! He's a good man! It's that awful book's fault! He just wanted more interesting things to try. Yeah, I imagine it gets boring crying the same things over and over. Day after day to an unappreciative town. Bet the pay and benefits are subpar as well. Poor sod. Okay, Vesuvial is getting ready to cast Magic Missile. Oh, for the love of... Here we go. (sighs) Magic Missile, you say? Indeed. Daring darts of mystical might... Incoming. Vesuvio, we can't harm him. It's not his fault. What? My poor dad, don't harm him. Barak, trust me. And have no fear, little girl. I don't intend to harm him. But you're casting magic missile. It automatically hits and does damage. And man, you always cast the same spell. It's a classic, William. Best spell ever. Swiss Army knife of spells, I always say. Yeah, you do. I just can't believe we always end up in the same discussion every session. You and me both, mate. I can't help it if I'm the only one at this table who appreciates the subtle nuances of this amazing spell. Subtle what? 
Did you know Magic Missile was inspired by a scene in The Raven with Vincent Price and Boris Karloff? You you see, there's a wizard, wizard duel. Yes, yes, we, we know. Ah, oh, well, yes. Uh, back to the game then. I want to cast Magic Missile at the possessed town crier, but non-lethally. You what? No. Hold on. I could have sworn we just looked this up. Let's see. C-M-M-A, magic, ah, yeah. Look, Tom, magic missile automatically hits unless prevented by spell or some such and applies damage based on your roll. Look, I know you know this already. There's no non-lethal option. It's not a melee attack. Well, yes, I, I mean, I know that's how it's written, but as the wizard powering the attack... I choose to reduce the damage to non-lethal levels. It doesn't work that way. But what about my finely nuanced magic feat? <laughs> We've been over this. You can't just invent feats and assign them to your character. I don't see why not. You could work with me a little bit, you know. After all... I did agree to stop pointing out the correct way to do Magic Missile is to roll one die, and that's the damage for each one, not roll a handful of dice depending on the amount of missiles. Oh, here we, we are not going there again, or I'm seriously out of here. They're running a Babylon 5 marathon, and I'm missing for this nonsense. Midway through the second season by now, I bet. But you have the entire series on tape, DVD, Blu-ray, digital, and bootleg. It's just not the same. No worries, William. I'll get us back on track. Tom, magic missile will automatically hit and do damage if you cast it. What's your decision? Mm, right. Mm. Okay. Tell you what. I cast magic missile sort of at him, but just a teensy bit off to the side. Oh, for the love of... Why are you standing there looking like dullards? Help my dad. Like, I, I just want to sort of wing him, you know? Bring his attention to the fact that he faces the mighty wizard Vesuvial. Kind of, you know, off to the... I need a target, Tom. Fair enough. Uh, how about the door to the goods and sundry shop? I'll sort of nick him on the leg with one of the magic darts as they whiz by. Great plan, huh, William? Blake's speechless. Oh, the best. Per the spell, the target has to be a creature just like we discuss pretty much every week. My poor da! Won't you help my die, you lunks? While you're pondering a course of action, the possessed town crier spots friendly old Silas, the fishmonger, and cries, All is most certainly not well, Silas, and you sold me a trout one time that wasn't exactly fresh. Friendly old Silas clutches his head and drops dead to the cobblestones. If you don't use whole person or something, I'm going to have to go in with my battle axe. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, hmm. All right. So any rats or bugs or something creature-ish directly behind him that I can target, but kind of still nick him on the way? A nice fat spider on the wall, maybe. Rule of cool and all that jazz, maybe? What? I, I, I can't take anymore, Blake. I... Told you this scenario wouldn't work to get him to cast something behind his magic missile. You're a more patient DM than most, but he's literally a magic missile nutter. Total nutter. It's over. I'm out. Babylon 5 Marathon, here I come. 
I, I can't believe it. Me neither. It actually worked. I was at my wit's end. Don't know what we would have done if it hadn't. I mean, the guy's always paying a fighter. And he's a Babylon 5 fan to boot. Too right. Okay, about this magic missile. So, yeah, there's totally a big fat spider lined up right behind the possessed town criers here. Uh, I just want to say on the podcast, if possible, Morris, Peter, congratulations on 50 episodes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shane. I heard that uh, Peter attempted to uh, do this sketch in interpretive dance with the with the language of the African uh, Wakani tribe. And evidently it exhausted him or there was some sort of uh, like he's laying on the couch over there, right? Uh, yeah, I think some of the high kicks were a bit too much for him. <laughs> well, you know, saying magic missile in that dialect, interpretive dance, is, is, is not easy. Have you ever known anyone to, uh, to pull both hamstrings at once? <laughs> well, and amazingly, he somehow pulled three. <laughs> I guess he rolled a 20. Oh, <laughs> uh, look at him over there. He's blinking yeah. away furiously at us, but <laughs> he just loves it so much. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, what is? I just got another text from him. What does defenestration mean? <laughs> what does it mean? It means throwing out somebody, somebody out of a window that's oh, higher yeah, yeah. than the first floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was trying to think of a funny word that implied violence. <laughs> Well, luckily, so. luckily, we're safe for at least another week because he's not in any <laughs> position to move right now. <laughs> Poor Peter. <laughs> so, in, in all all actuality, uh, telling us that hi, I, I really enjoy him as part of the podcast. So, well, someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm hashtag Team Peter because by goodness, somebody has to be paid to be hashtag Team Peter. Uh, Russ, thanks for inviting Thank me. Thank you on. so much for coming man. on. Yeah. Like, you've always been like all, you've always been a really great supporter of this show, and I yeah, we really I appreciate it, Shane. We really do. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We will see you next week. Bye.